Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Andy. Hey, now. Ian. Hey, what's up, guys? All right, and we have a special guest. Welcome, Dan K. Reed, back on the show. Hey, guys, how you doing? Right. Very special guest. <laughs> Very special. Short bus special or? No, no, extreme special. You're going to okay. bring back so many fond memories. People, oh, yeah. As soon as people hear your voice, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm. Yeah. It was a good time. <laughs> I remember when podcasts were quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. Now they'll give any idiot a podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not worthy. <laughs> All right. This is episode 325, Dan's Return. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, let's catch up with everyone's week. Who'd like to go first? Uh, I can go. I can go first. Um, do didn't do any flying. Uh, worked. Uh, I was on. I was on Discord for quite the while on uh, Friday night. Um, wrenched. Um, and it wasn't on helis. I just did some work around the house kind of thing and worked like a shitload of doubles throughout the weekend. So, yeah. Okay. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. Real exciting. So hopefully, um, next weekend I can get some flying in, but this week I just had no time. Okay. Sounds as exciting as my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Which right. no, was Kevin? What do you got? Well, I actually did something RC. I, I I spent five minutes in my garage cutting up the box that the plane came in last week <laughs> or two weeks what, ago. The what? The, an airplane. The air, airplane. There's a story that goes along with that. Yeah, my my friend Mike D, the planker, came out from uh, New Jersey, and before he came down, he shipped a plane to my house and said. Uh, yeah, we'll put it together. We'll fly it. And he also brought his helicopters with him or a helicopter. Um, but nice, nice qualifier. Thank you for adding. Yeah, that. exactly. Yep, kind of swing it the other way. <laughs> but uh, he left the plane at my house in the box too, which I'm happy about both because he was like, yeah, just fly the plane. I'm not taking that back home with me. I can't fit that in the overhead. So, uh, yeah, I cut that box up. Where's on, home from New Jersey? Sunday. Uh, I'm. I moved to Florida oh. last year, so that's where I'm at now. Yeah. Not really missing Jersey at all. Sometimes. Sometimes missing Fredericksburg area and going down to that. That was a lot of, always a lot of fun. Yeah. But better job, you know, better weather, of course. Yeah. And haven't seen a hurricane yet. Waiting on yet. that one. Waiting for that experience. How are the summers down there? They're hot as balls. Yeah. But um, I still say that. I'm even from, I relocated to Florida and I'm Floridian now. And I still say that Jersey term. Huh? Yeah. But uh, no, the weekend was, the weekend was cool. I mean, I went to see my mother on Saturday. I know Mother's Day was Sunday, but I was like, I'm not driving up to Leesburg, which is two hours. And uh, took my sister. We had a great time visiting mom. Mom was thrilled we came up. And then my sister's birthday was Sunday. So I took her out to, to uh, lunch on Sunday and just didn't have a lot of time for RC stuff. 
So that was that was really my week. Didn't didn't really do much. Really didn't even get in the garage to put my helicopters back, hang them back up until Sunday from the week before. They were just still on the floor. That sounds like me. So <laughs> let me go next. Oh, you're gonna thrill Dan with what you got written here. Yeah. Well, I wasn't here last week, so <laughs> I did. Uh, I used that time when I got in late to work on the Spectre V2, just a nice. little, like put like three bolts in it, but hey. I did make some progress. No, honestly, yeah. it's 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 almost ready, Kevin. You'll see it soon. See it soon. Yeah. Person. No, it. I'm to the point where basically all I got to do is finish the wiring like route the servo wires. I've got to put the bullets on the ESC. So I'm almost finished. I'm just down to the shitty part that's annoying. So Oh, I guarantee I did, you'll have I that thing something. flying before another helicopter emerges from my my good friend Steve Shaw <laughs> down here who has like eight of them. How's that possible? He has oh, all it's his possible. free time now, right? Like he's retired. <laughs> Well, he's he's almost retired. The thirteenth is his official retirement date. He's got to finish three... up all the work he hasn't done over the last twenty <laughs> after years. After his three weeks vacation, yeah. <laughs> and he was in the office today for some weird reason. Oh, I'll tell you why he was in the office today. He was in the office today to tell me about the whole trust program that uh, that the government is trying to instill on us. And I thought it very fitting that Dan was on the show, and uh, at the same day that more stuff from the government was coming our way. I was just like, hmm. Dan was one of the people that was like, F you. I'm not doing any of that shit. <laughs> I still don't, by the way. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, man. So sorry, Andy. Sorry to cut in your week. Oh, um, yeah. I already forgot what I was talking about. Uh, so I didn't <laughs> do any flying. Uh, but I am buying a plane. I'll get into that a little bit more later. But I wanted to take a minute or two here while I listened to the show today from last week. You guys were talking about taking a break. Um, when I don't fly for a little while, I absolutely fly better when I go back every time, unless it's been like six months or something really, really long, which I don't think I've ever went that long. I wouldn't say that I, after taking a, a I don't know, a month break, might not jump in and be hardly as good as I was, but everything feels better. And I'm, I always do my best flights after I've not flown for a while. So just expanding on that topic a little bit. Cause yeah, uh, since yeah, I wasn't here. Awesome. Yeah. Let absolutely. me ask you. Yes. To add to that is your first flight, the hardest flight. Like it's the uh, best like the flight. Hard- it's the best flight, right? Mm-hmm. But then after that, it kind of like mm-hmm. self-doubt yourself or second year. You I don't know. know. Second guess yourself or, or it might be, you know how I've talked about when I'm flying, I'm not really paying attention. It mm-hmm. might be that first flight I have to pay attention more. So I'm, I do better. I don't know. Uh, and then after yeah. two or three, I guess I start to get bored and it's it, I go back into the same old muscle memory stuff that I've always done. So, yeah. I wonder if it's because like you're on the jazz, man. Haven't haven't flown in a while, and now Maybe. you're out, and it's all exciting. 
Yeah. On the like jazz. I thought that was some kind of new drug or something that we had that's, in Florida. The jazz. Dude, who that's, says that? <laughs> yeah, who Come says on, that? Come on, man. Mr. T says it from the 18th. When were you born? Jazz, 1932? 1932? 1939. Oh, damn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Even, taking, even doing the... Um, <laughs> uh, even doing something like doing the sim, I just... I like to do like 10, 15 minutes... And then just go like no more and then come back the next day or maybe the day after that. And then everything's better. If, if I just keep pushing and keep trying, I don't make any progress. I found if I, I do a little bit and then come back to it later, it, I don't know. It sets in the brain or something. But, I, mean, I can like see that. Real life, but not on the sim. When I go on the sim, it just blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. It just, yeah, that's why I only do like ten minutes. You can you can actually do something for ten minutes, but any more than that, and it just gets boring. So anyway, Steve, what have you been up to, dude? I have a lot. I have a lot. A lot of freaking shit happened. So after the last episode, um, I think it was around Wednesday or Thursday. I'm kind of cleaning up my garage, and um, I have my water heater's in the garage, and I noticed, like, why is the floor a little wet? Oh, boy. Oh, shit. Like, hmm. Yeah, what, maybe what? there was, like, a little leak or condensation or something. I'm not going to think much of it. And then, you know, the next day I'm looking at it, and I'm like, all right, I need to take care of this. This is going to get worse, right? Um, so, yeah, it was my water heater was leaking. Um, the next day, Friday, I ended up getting one, replacing it, um, you know. Placing, getting installed, getting all set up, and uh, yeah, I got it all done. Uh, the old one's just kind of sitting outside my garage door. <laughs> I got to like bring it to a scrapyard or something. But um, but that was my Friday. Um, but Saturday, I did get a chance to go flying, even though the weather was just absolute garbage this weekend. It was just you know projected rain and overcast. But uh, you know, one of my friends uh, from South Carolina, Ben Ben Connor, um, was up in Richmond, so. You know, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to hit up my local field and do some flights during the day, um, during the afternoon anyways. So let's meet up, Ben. And then I also, one of my other club members, John Ireland, got him to come out as well. And yeah, we got a bunch of flights in that day. The rain held out. Like I might have felt drizzled, you know, one or two flights. But pretty much I got like, I don't know, maybe seven or eight flights in that day. Um, just over and over and on the, the Goblin Raw Puma and... And the on my nitro raw and the, the raw 700 electric as well. So um, it was a great day just flying freaking big 700s, man. Uh, um, nice. Yeah, I got a, I got my first flight on the raw nitro without the canopy. Um, you know, I I got the canopy mounted and everything. The the new Puma canopy, so I could have a removable canopy for the nitro. Um, but I, I need to clear coat it before I I fly with it. So I just I was just flying the helicopter um, with just you know without the canopy, and it was a I rebuilt the motor so it was like a built motor that I put back in there so it was kind of like let's uh, let's do another flight with it and do uh, what do you call it um, breaking the motor you know two and a half on the high two in the mid it's a OS one hundred five and I take off and I'm flying get get the motor hot and I start kind of pushing it and doing some rainbows and stuff. And and then I kind of lean on it and kind of warm up the the motor and really get it hot, and um, I'm doing it and all of a sudden I'm like 
oh, something sounds weird. And I, I guess I've been flying enough nitro now that, like, as soon as I start hearing something different, I, like, instantly, like, ooh, back off on the sticks and I kind of, you know, listen. And, yeah, I was hearing a little bit of pitch change and then the raspiness. And I'm like, oh, my pipe's falling off. Oh, so shit. I hold and I oh, land. Uh, no biggie, you know. But what sucked is I didn't bring any tools with me. You know, I kind of packed light expecting that I wasn't going to do a lot of flying with the rain. So I didn't, I didn't want to pack a lot of shit. And so that kind of grounded that helicopter. But it was a pretty fun flight while uh, before the pipe, you know, loosened up. <laughs> that was how I blew a hole in the one. The, the oh, yeah. If, the you one don't, time. if you don't like off. if you don't act on that instantly, yeah. it cleans out. And yeah, you can, you can mess up your motor. Um, after that, I, I was flying the Puma and the 700 electric and. It's interesting how, like, the two helicopters are so different. Like, so my 700 electric, I was flying that thing like I hated it. <laughs> um, like, full collective, full cyclic, like, can I boom strike this thing? Can I, like, do whatever? Like, you know, go on, like, the far ends of the sticks? And will it take it? And it does. <laughs> the raw 700 electric is freaking a beast. It really is. It's... <laughs> I couldn't believe how much I could just go from positive, negative, full collective wall, like driving the cyclic everywhere, doing like crazy back and forth loops going up in the sky and stuff and just beating the shit out of it. And it's just like, okay, what else you got? (laughs) Um, The Puma, on the other hand, you know, being that it's like a lightweight 700 with a 600 power system, I can I can bog it, you know, but I couldn't fly that really well as um, as well. That helicopter, um, with the proper motor that I put in there and the, the pinion and everything now, it is a really fast light helicopter. It's actually scary how fast it is um, without driving. Like I'm not. I'm talking about like running max 19 on the head and and like 13 degrees of pitch. And that thing moves like it's, you know, 14 degrees of pitch and like 2300. Like it moves. For, for being such a light alley. Um, it's fun. One drawback is my, my batteries. I am going to say the 4,000 milliamp batteries I have, they're awesome. 8S setup is perfect for that 700, but the 4,000s are just too small. Um, as a test, I was running three different batteries, three different head speeds um, to calculate my flight time. <laughs> uh, at 16... 80-ish um, bank one, I can get about three minutes and 20 seconds or oh, three, mi- three minutes and 35 Damn. seconds. You're using um, 4,000 on your 8S? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why so little? Well, that's what they're, they, they're prototyping, so that's what I got my hands on, basically. It's too small. Yeah, so I'm asking for 5,500. I think that would be the ideal size weight, you know, but we'll see. Um. But I was like, let me see what bank two is. And bank two, I'm running about 1780, 1800. So a, lot, a little bit more on the head. And that's about, about like, I don't know, two and a half minutes. Um, and this is me, like, this is me, like, with that head speed, I am rocking it. I'm, you know, constantly flipping it, constantly moving the helicopter, pushing it around, whatever, rolls, doing things, you know. Um, and then, of course, let's see what Bank 3 at 1980 is going to be like. And that's 85% on the YG. Um, I can go higher if I wanted to, but at this 
head speed, I was getting about two minutes or 15 seconds. Like, and that was like zero percent beeping, beeping, beeping land, and I land, you know. So yeah, I probably went a little bit further into the pack than I wanted to, and it was yeah. Wow. So I need bigger packs. Yeah, a four thousand eight S would be good for uh, the six hundred, but that's too small for a five mm-hmm. for a seven hundred. In my yeah. opinion, it'd be at least five thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but other than that, um, I did a bunch of other stuff. I did some wrenching. I've been building up that raw nitro HD Dan Murnane's kit. Um, come find out, I am missing a couple parts that I thought I had. So I have a parts order in with uh. A-Main. Uh, A-Main seems to be the only company that had everything in stock mm-hmm. on the parts I needed, so I ordered from them. Um, those already shipped, and I should be getting it soon. I got an email from my RC Japan order um, for the 55 parts. Um, they're on back order. So the piston, oh, the liner, and the ring. So like the most important parts that I need. <laughs> We're on back order. Um, oh, till damn. the end of May, they said, so, you know, they said in the May they'll be able to get it and ship it out. So it is what it is. I'm just going to wait for it. You know, I have other nitros to fly, so I'm not like, you know, out of helis, out yeah. of nitro helis. Um, you know, not a big deal. Um, and then beyond that, Sunday was Mother's Day. So, you know, happy Mother's Day to uh, all the mothers out there. Hope everyone had a great Mother's Day out there and uh, spent some time with their moms. Okay. Uh, what about you, Dan? You want to kind of... Well, I didn't get any flying in this week. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you went to a fun fly, though, that wasn't there. I did. Huh? <laughs> I did. Uh, first of all, I'm feeling a little self-conscious here because I'm seeing that my uh, microphone is picking up a lot of what seems to be extraneous noise, so I hope I'm not causing you, Andy, too much headache here uh, with uh, substandard sound, but uh, It'll be fine. not really set up for this right now at, at the moment. <laughs> so... Yeah, so you get a pass. I get a pass on that. I don't, <laughs> it bothers me. It still bothers me. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So I went to uh, what I thought was going to be a fun fly, but uh, I, I wasn't terribly surprised considering that it had been raining. That's something that's different about the East Coast. Um, it had been raining nonstop for like three days. I mean, we never saw that in Montana. Um, but uh, I drove out there. It's like a two and a half hour drive out to, I think it was Ocean City or Jackson, New Jersey, somewhere in that area, Ocean yep. Side or some shit like that. Yeah. So we, my wife and I drove out there. She was excited. She'd never really seen the helis. Uh, she's seen my helis, but she's never seen them fly. Um, oh, wow. So she was kind of excited to see what that was all about. Um, unfortunately, we got there and again, not too surprised. The weather was just horrendous uh wet and windy it was actually quite windy uh we were gonna stay the night over there at uh ocean city i think i'm getting the name right i don't know to be honest with you it's on the facebook page but uh uh there's just nothing open Uh, we were expecting you know i don't know something but there was nothing so we just decided not to stay and we drove back home uh the weather was really shitty what's that how, how how far was the drive? Like how how long did? Yeah, it take it's you? not too bad. It was two and a half hours, uh, maybe three, uh, with the weather the way it was. Okay. Um, okay. Which coming from Montana, that's nothing. I mean, that's a trip mm. to Walmart almost. You know? <laughs> wow. Uh, it was not a big deal. So, I plan. I guess they're they had 
postponed it till the following yeah. week is what Steve, yeah. you were telling me. So I think uh, we're going to, we have an obligation this weekend. We're, we might try to make it out on Saturday just for a little bit and then drive back home. But um, we've got a big Marine Corps. Uh, my father-in-law is in the Marine, was in the Marines in Vietnam. And um, <clears throat> there's a big picnic for the local Marine group, I guess. They hang out quite often, do stuff like that. That's cool. So we're going to that on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, there's been quite a few changes since uh, I've talked to anybody in the Heli Hobby. Uh, most of all, which people find a lot, pretty surprising, myself included, my family. It's just they were flabbergasted, but I got married. Congratulations. Uh, Congrats. <laughs> Congrats, dude. Yeah. That was uh, a shocker to me. I just assumed, you know, 50 years old. Um too, pretty set in my ways and I still am set in my ways, but she's pretty lenient and she kind of lets me do my thing. She does her thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, that we got married last November. Nice. Of course I was living in Montana. We were, she was living in Idaho for two years. We, we were kind of dating kind of, kind of long distance. Uh, she was in Coeur d'Alene, which is, I don't know, three hour drive. And, uh, about a year before we got married, we ended up living together there in Stevensville for a while for well a year before we got married and uh I was working for Skyfish at the time and uh we had to the circumstances aren't all pleasant but uh, we ended up moving out to Pennsylvania um mainly because her mom and dad at the time last uh, October got COVID and her mom didn't make it and oh god oh no so we kind of had to make one of those life-changing decisions. Her dad is um, a disabled Vietnam vet. This guy, uh, man, he, he got shot in the head twice and oh, damn. Uh, oh, God. shot in the shoulder uh, in, in a helicopter, uh, 19 years old. Um, but he needs, he, he does pretty well. He, it's not like he can't. You know, he, he doesn't need help with ADLs exclusively, but uh, activities of daily living. That's the nurse in me, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but he... I totally uh, understood. <laughs> he, uh, he does need a little bit of help. And so it was kind of a... Uh, it just seemed like a no-brainer to me. Yeah. Um, we would move out here. There's And there's lots of opportunities out here for work. I tried to make the Skyfish thing work. And, of course, they're still going strong. I was uh, director of operations there. Um, hard to do that from 2,000 miles away. Did the best we could for a number of months, and it just wasn't working. And I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I just, I couldn't. Um, I wasn't feeling effective in the position. Um, still have a vested interest in the company and and wish them the best. I just, it just made sense uh, that we find somebody there locally that can do what I was doing there. And sure enough, we did. And uh, kind of just slowly handed over the, the reins of everything that I was doing, which was pretty much the day-to-day mm-hmm. operations, logistics, and handling production and uh, inventory and ordering and all that jazz. Uh, kind of get that all turned over to another individual and uh, started cutting down my hours. And now I'm looking at uh, trying to find another job here in the area and whether 
the job market out here is way different than it is in Montana. That's a whole other story. There's just a lot of opportunity out here mm-hmm. for those who want it. Um, but Are you still doing the, the nursing stuff? No, nah, I, I, I am going to have my license transferred. Pennsylvania is a compact state, um, which means I can practice in Pennsylvania for a limited number of months before I have to actually get a PA license. But I'm in the process of getting the PA nursing license. I, I did... I can't really do bedside nursing. I mean, the same issues, although my health has improved greatly since back in the RCHN days. But uh, still, the fact is, is I've got a really, really bad back and I can't uh, I can't do a lot of physical uh, labor. I can't stand or walk for long periods of time. And I could do administrative nursing, um, but they want master's degrees for that out here which is a little troublesome for me because I don't have a master's degree in nursing. So wow. uh, I could definitely, I could do administrative nursing with my uh, experience in, in management, but um, trying to stay away from that. I'm trying to work more into production manager, product manager, uh, uh, and uh, project uh Product project manager and product manager. They're two different jobs there and operations. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm doing out here. But uh, that's kind of the boring, kind of the quick catch up. That's kind of what I'm doing. You know, I, I, I've i done something that I didn't think I'd ever do, and that's get back on Facebook. And it's oh. been it's been pretty uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been getting a lot. We, of- uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, when I stopped doing RCHN, I just needed an exit and i actually deleted my facebook account which had like i don't know 800 or 900 mostly heli related people on it Mm -hmm. Uh, and i just i just dumped it i and i didn't did not look at facebook for a number of years and and um kind of getting back into the hobby especially being uh in a new area uh hopefully making connections Uh, you know i've tried to go down to some local hobby shops and you know, no one really does helis at the hobby shops anymore, right? Yeah, they, if you can find the hobby shop, good luck. Yeah, there's yeah. there's actually one in Mechanicsburg, just a few minutes north of me oh, here, but uh, nice. yeah, they do they know, do a lot of cars. I know quite a few folks from uh, the Philly area, but uh, but in PA in general, so definitely yeah. if you go to that fun fly, you're going to meet a lot of them, and, and you know, Rob McClellan, who's a uh, you know McToon, one of my my good friends. Um, you know, he'll he'll hook you up. So yeah, introduce you to everyone. So yeah, it's a it's kind of an interesting journey. I I um kind of gone for full circle here, and I'm looking to get back into the hobby. And I I uh, I had all my heli shit that I kept. I didn't sell a lot of my stuff, but I always you know if you guys remember back in the day, I was one of my main pieces of advice I'd give people is if you give if you're gonna leave the hobby, don't just nilly willy sell all your right. shit. First of all, you're not gonna get anything for it, and second, you never know. And then you're going right. to come back to the hobby and you're going to end up dumping, you know, thousands back into it. They doubled to buy it all back. Well, you didn't get I it. kept, I kept most of my helis. I did get rid of a gasser or two and, um, but I kept most of them. And, uh, what I, what I did sell, I'm regretting, like I sold my charging case. So I had to get a new charging case, which those the aren't cheap. And the, are much nicer now though. Anyways. Yeah, and I don't, you know, the charging technology has changed a little bit. Now, keep in mind what I was doing with our or with uh, Skyfish, we were, you know, drones. We were building multi rotors. You know, we 
So I was still kind of tapped into that. You know, we were having progressive RC, but a little of our cases out there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I was still tapped in, but we were using relatively old technology. I mean, good, solid technology, but yeah. uh, I, they've changed. There's a few new players in the market, and and I was quite surprised to see uh, Rebel Electrics is uh, yeah. kind of gone. That really surprises me. I almost got into a deal with those guys with Skyfish or with uh, yeah with Skyfish. Uh, they were going to potentially build some a bunch of charging cases for us, but. Uh, see that probably was a good thing i didn't get involved with no them no see long. it's your fault if you'd have got that deal done that <laughs> business could have kept going right? they'd still be well around. the thing of it is, is from an industrial standpoint <laughs> and and you know i i keep in touch with joe cashwell and in fact i actually bought a charging case from him just the other day and he, he just got it the other day but um and the thing that i was noticing and and, and you know, Rebel Electrics was trying to do the same thing. And why I ultimately went with Progressive is because, first of all, I've worked with Progressive throughout the years with RCHN and knew that company and those folks really well. But I wasn't looking from an industrial standpoint, I wasn't looking for a bells and whistles, LED, you know, uh, right. yeah. kitted out, fancy looking like control master or control station. I just needed kind of a, a workhorse. Something that wouldn't overheat, something that had the uh, the appropriate power and the appropriate appropriate charging, you know, USB leads and and was easy to use, watertight, all that good stuff. Kind of a basic case, um, nothing really fancy. And we were building at the time, still are at Skyfish. We're building proprietary batteries, um, having them made uh, similar to, I guess, I hate to compared to DJI, but, you know, that's, if you're in the multi-rotor world, that's kind of what you have to do to some, to some extent. Yeah. But much like, uh, you know, like a DeWalt drill where the batteries just kind of click in. Mm-hmm. So we had our own, we designed our own uh, kind of proprietary interface. Um, and we had given Progressive those drawings and they had that all made up. So we had kind of a custom proprietary clip in, click in. That's and, cool one button start push you know that nothing you know everything was pre-programmed and users really couldn't get in there and simple yeah very simple Mm -hmm. uh one of the you know we worked a lot of government contracts and one of the things i heard quite often is i need this to be as easy so easy that a drunk soldier can make it work right which um everything just needs to be super super simple and Mm -hmm. and rugged um but anyway so I, I did kind of have my, I was involved in, in some aspects of what we consider the hobby, but kind of in a, from a different perspective uh, with Skyfish. But um, jumping back into the hobby has been a bit of a, as I kind of started this, this little rant, was um, it's a bit overwhelming um, in that I set up, we just had our basement redone and I kind of got a nice little work area down there that I've, haven't quite got moved into because we actually are just finishing up the painting this weekend painting on the walls Mm -hmm. but um you know i got i got some desks down there and i threw some of my ellies on there but i've got uh seven hv uh forza 700 oh wow i still have the two nitro line cool power 700 Mm -hmm. um 
and I've got a I've got a couple of I've got a that still have that original JR550 that I started with all those years ago, and that thing's flying. I haven't flown it in a decade, but could fly. But I just I'm looking at these helis, and I'm like, Jesus, where do I start? I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> I I don't know what to do here, so I just kind of sit there and stare at them for a little bit going, yeah, one of these days I'm going to actually figure this out. So yeah. one thing that I did notice is in the move, I've moved twice in the last year and a half. Well, I guess it's been two years now. Somewhere I've got heli parts strewn all over from Montana to Pennsylvania. <laughs> I used to have, I used to have four Futaba 14 SGs. You would think I could find one of them. Mm-hmm. I can't. Uh, I'm stuck right now with, um, the transformer radio, the JR XG14, which I've never used. Well, actually, I did use it on the JR on the Forza um, for one flight, but um, other than that, I've not used it. Um, I did get rid of the V control, which I kind of wish I hadn't have done now, but at the time, it seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah. And just a lot of tools, a lot They're of what, small, unobtainable yeah. right now. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. I've noticed that. And then, of course, it's just a lot of the little tools and um, bits and pieces and, and bobs that you collect as you as you do through through the years of, of building and flying helis. And uh, I've found I did find um, enough parts to rebuild four YS ninety ones. I think they're ninety ones. Nice. Don't remember for sure, uh, but I got all the parts for that. And uh, so I'm going to, I really want to get back into Nitro, but I see Nitro's really gone, gone up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. have to call uh, Cool Power up and see if they'll still honor my, I used to be sponsored by those guys. <laughs> yeah. I was only, I was paying just ridiculously low prices for that. I probably shouldn't say how much I was. I probably wouldn't appreciate that, but it was uh, ridiculous how much yeah, I was. Whatever it up. is, multiply that by 20 and you'll be pretty close. Yeah. It's just crazy. I saw they were selling a case of it for like a hundred and sixty some dollars. Yeah. yeah, and then add the uh, the hazman, you know. Face. Sure. Yeah, sure. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, one thing that was exciting, you guys all know James Cadiz, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's was pretty excited to hear that I'm getting back into the hobby, and uh, it kind of sent me down that synergy line. He has a synergy N7. He's going to send me. Um, just so I can build it and, you know, maybe get back in, you know, get back into the setup of a heli through a new, new, uh, new build, mm-hmm. yeah. um, see how that goes and probably never fly it because you can't get parts for it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, there's that. people dumping airframes. I know my friend Alex, um, who used to be up in New York, moved down to Texas. Uh, he has, I think two airframes or an airframe and like a whole bunch of parts for 350 or something like that. So yeah. yeah, I mean, people are dumping them still. Yes, I've I've been I've started kind of hanging out on Helipreak again, and and uh, mm-hmm. you know I don't I don't know I get kind of a mixed mixed read of what I'm seeing there, and I part of me wants to believe that there's a lot of folks out there in similar situations that I'm in right now where. It's been a few years and, you know, we've just gone through the whole COVID craziness and, and people are now starting to get back out and mm-hmm. enjoy the outdoors. And, and uh, I, I just I don't see it a lot, but I just have this sense that there's going to be kind of a resurgence. And I don't I, you know, maybe I'm just being 
overly optimistic, but I, I just I see posts occasionally and and in talking with folks that have, that have reconnected, um, kind of in the same boat. It's like, yeah, I've been in the hobby for three or four years. I'm kind of thinking about coming back, but I'm just not quite sure where to start. Uh, you know, how do I get back into it? Uh, I wish I hadn't sold everything. Now I got to buy new. I don't even know what to buy anymore. Who, who are the players in today's world, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who you know, whose machines can we buy that we know we're going to be able to get parts for next year? Uh, right, right. They seem to be falling mm-hmm. quite rapidly, but um, hey, well, I've always to all of... listen to this episode first, and we'll talk about it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's an interesting. The hobby is in an interesting state. I um, was talking just the other day to Kyle Stacy, just out of the blue. He and I, I started talking to him again and uh, tried to get his take on it. Um, he didn't really have an, an answer. You know, he 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 couldn't really tell me one way or the other what he if he thought that potentially it felt like there was going to be some sort of kind of a rebirth or, you know, resurgence of 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 uh, the hobby. Uh, seems like he would know if, if it were happening because he's kind of got his finger on that pulse. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. T- it depends. I talked to James Cadiz and he's he's like, yeah, man, I feel it. It's like uh, people are starting to get excited about helis again um relatively yeah. low sample it's yeah. hard to tell right i hope you're uh, right because that would yeah. be great um, I, I am i'm getting i'm a little about more it. pessimistic about it um for a couple Same. couple reasons but yeah. i hope you're right yeah uh, well i i'm excited about it so yeah there's actually think, a couple uh, guys in my neck of the woods that's uh, one of them. He's still kind of interested. I've seen him at the field just watching people fly. And another one, he just actually just picked up a uh, XL Power V2. And he, we're going to try to get out to the field next weekend and try to maiden it with him, throw down some flights. But he hadn't flown in like three or four years either. But he sold off almost everything but like his you know, his charging case and like a few other things. But so I think he's kind of in the same boat as you as well. Yeah. Well, it's never been easier. Think about how the technology's improved. I mean, and, and, yeah. and I, I'm really, I might be speaking out of turn because I, you know, just in the last month, I've been kind of reading back into the hobby and kind of, you know, stirring the, the tea leaves as it were and seeing what I could predict. But it's just it's never been easier with sims and with with all these micros which i hate micros still do but that's <laughs> neither here nor there it's 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 a it can be affordable it can also be extremely expensive if you want it to be the oh, way yeah. i approach it's, it it's going to be expensive yeah. because i like big helicopters yeah. so i'm going to pay a lot of money for those helicopters but i don't i, I certainly am not obligated to go that route mm-hmm. but you know, the bigger the better, as far as I'm concerned. That's the way we learned back in the day. We didn't really have we had Sims, we had Phoenix back in the day, but um, there were really no micros worth of shit. And you know, we we all started on 600s mm-hmm. uh, or 50s, as we called them back then. You guys remember that? 50s and 90s. Mm-hmm. 50s, 90s, 30s. 50s and 90s. <laughs> yeah, I do so remember that. Exciting. Oh Jesus, yeah. I just remember flying that JR vibe. I was like a pit crew getting that thing back in the air. I, 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 <laughs> Learning to fly, you break the same parts over and over. And for that particular helicopter, it was landing gear and the umbrella gears because uh, you bounce the tail on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got to the point where I could swap those out in no time. 
and just order 10, 12 sets of them at a time from HeliPros mm-hmm. uh, just to keep that thing going. But um, it's different nowadays. I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see who, you know, whose helis are out there. I, you know, SAB, of course, and uh, we were talking a little bit before you guys started recording about some of the, some of the uh, new players are, you know, more consistent. Let's talk uh, about it. I mean, for someone getting yeah. back into the hobby right now, in the helicopter scene, I mean, I'll say it, SAB and XL Power are the top two kind of trending folks mm-hmm. right now. Um, keeping the keeping the products constantly coming, like mm-hmm. you know, every six months they're they're releasing something. Um, right. You know, keeping things hot and fresh. Um, and then I guess some of the other brands are still around, like miniature aircraft. I mean, they're still out there. They're still solid. Mm-hmm. Um, Align is still out there. You know. So you that company from solid. Germany bought. Miniature aircraft, right? Some yes. guy from Germany. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the guy are and his they? Wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they? Are they they're just awesome. buying parts, or are they actually putting? No, out they're new putting models? out kits. He's redesigned, mm-hmm. updated kits. Okay. Um, he's got some new kits. Uh, and they're they're fantastic. They come fantastic. to Urcha every year. I mean, they're 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 the greatest people. Yeah, they had just the bought that. Ever be. Yeah. Right. They they had just bought that when uh, right when RCHN was was ending. Mm-hmm roughly in that time frame but you know i'd like to I, you know when i got to admit one of the first things that when i thought about coming back to the hobby the first manufacturer i went to was a line just because back in the mm-hmm. day it was the yeah. consistent go-to i mean i remember joking about it you know you're in the middle of uh the the jungle in south america you stop to get gas and oh by the way can i can i get some of those uh, main gears you got on the wall you know it's, <laughs> it's just like you could find that shit everywhere the one problem i started having with the alliance towards the end of my which model which part well, well yeah it's like how do you know which goddamn yeah. part you need right it's like do you need the upgrade of the upgrade of the upgrade or yeah, it's very confusing <laughs> yeah it's right. like how do you know well geez i'm not sure which main shaft i need so i'm gonna buy all 12 of them mm-hmm. one of them is gonna work mm-hmm. you know yeah, and I but, feel like uh, they've kind of been stagnant the last couple of years. I don't know. I don't, I don't I mean, remember what have they seeing. Done recently? They have that M2 they, they, clone, They're right? doing a 600 something. They did the whole Fusion line, and then they got rid of that. Well, I mean, that was small yeah, stuff. They got a they have, 650 and 750. Don't they have a new Nitro? Nit- what they call it? I, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Oh, Nitron? That, no, that was like a couple of years ago. Nitron is the Tron. Nitro. Oh, is it the Tron? So is that, uh, boy, that's another whole story, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. One thing sure that I, is. I, um, yeah. one thing that really surprises me coming back and absolutely not being involved in the hobby in any way whatsoever was the goodwill. And it seems, it, it really surprises me that Matt Bodos let that goodwill that he had in his hobby kind of go by the wayside. I mean, it's like you are you used to never see people talking shit about Matt Bodos on the, on the forums. Right. Uh, boy, I was really surprised when I went through that synergy forum on heli freak last week. Well, there are some angry people folks. talking shit about him. Well, it's just the fact that, um, yeah, obviously he had some IP issues. Sure, yeah. Uh, which anytime you go to China to have your product made, that's that's going to happen. It shouldn't have been a surprise as far as I'm concerned. But um, yeah. apparently a serious lack of communication between him and, you know, there's a ton of, and, and if anybody had dedicated brand loyal fans 
it was Matt Bodos, right? It mm-hmm. like that's yeah. He had some hardcore folks. Tons of team pilots, too. Yeah. Sure. I mean, he had guys that they're willing to wait two years for parts, but they also want to know what's going on. And, and you know, everyone's like, the forum, this particular post or thread I was reading was talking about how, well, he did put an update on the Facebook and it was like from 10 months ago and there's not been anything since. And, the, and that was... Hang in there, guys. We're going to have parts for your... Oh, no. He's done. You know, he's doing RC car parts right now. That's what I heard. Yeah. RC yeah. car parts and, uh, yeah, and e-bikes from what I saw I on his he's webpage. moved on. Well, it's unfortunate because he left a lot of folks in the lurch. And that yeah. just surprises me because he was such a respected member of the community. Yeah. I just... I mean, I get it. I understand coming from the manufacturing world. Trust me, I... I understand the heartache that currently manufacturers are experiencing with uh, with uh, supply shortages. I experienced it at, at Skyfish in a grandiose way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you carbon fiber, I mean, we were going from eight week lead times to 10 month lead times mm-hmm. for simple 25 millimeter carbon fiber booms or uh, uh, tubes and uh, uh, just, you know, carbon fiber. Uh, not to mention the uh, integrated circuits. Yeah, know? I was going to say it's, electronics and circ, uh, chips well, is a real problem. Chips, too. chips we were buying for $2.50 a piece in a very short amount of time, mm-hmm. six months or less, went from $2.50 upwards of $50. Right. right. Oof, and right, you can't right. get them. And mm-hmm. yeah, and you still can't get them. And mm-hmm. so you, you, you try to get a little creative with your. <laughs> with your supply chain and what you end up doing is buying burnt or dead chips or, or clones of chips that simply don't work and and still paying a premium for them and we we kind of fell into that trap uh with some of our parts and you know that's a yeah it's a real that's a nightmare it's an absolute nightmare it's you know it's a, it's a it's an issue that the government our government has put us in in the last 10, 15 years by letting all that manufacturing move out of the country. And that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast, sure, but, absolutely. Uh-huh. but uh, it's certainly, it's certainly the fault of ours. We, you know, we, we put ourselves in this position by we letting made it, it too happen. easy to, yeah. yeah. So too easy but, yeah. to be aligned. So yeah, Dan, um, I got a, I got a question for Dan. Um, what companies, uh, you know, helicopter companies are you surprised to still see and which ones are you surprised they're gone? If if any, either well, way, I was kind of surprised that Synergy wasn't a thing anymore. Uh, I was right. kind of surprised that Thunder Tiger uh, isn't really making helis anymore. I see they're making drones. Um, I, I'm surprised and not surprised. Coming from the drone world, I mean, dude, that that world is so the market is so much larger, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it's it's uh, it's easy and very and. and it's really not that hard to make a decent drone, um, you know, depending upon what your your end goal is. But um, I was a little surprised that, um, you know, Align can seem to always have kind of a loyal lo- loyal following. And they were kind of the, you know, kind of the redheaded stepchild of the hobby. Yeah, everyone liked to talk shit about them. They're kind of like that girlfriend, you know, that you had in high school. You didn't really want to tell your friends about her before you sure enjoyed hanging out with her, right? Right. Um, I loved my Line 700 Nitros. Yeah. Those machines, Yeah. thousands of hours on those machines, just flew the shit 
out of those machines. And I really did enjoy them. And sure, they were nothing fancy and they, um, but they got the job done. And I just, you know, like uh, one thing that kind of caught me by surprise is the lack of just kind of the online shops that I used to go to. Yeah, that's uh, another thing. It's, uh, I used to, you know, being from the Pacific Northwest, I was a big supporter of Lower Heli. You know, he, he was, he was kind of our go-to. He's still there, but, uh, you know, he doesn't really, I don't know. There doesn't seem to be a lot of kits available. I mean, he used to be the Align guy. It's like, if you needed something Align, you go to him. And I went to see his kits that he's got available and he's got some small 450s and shit like that, but, it, yeah. you know, nothing in stock of, of larger, uh, crap. But, you know, I'm... <laughs> As far as manufacturers, I, I don't I don't really know. I'm not surprised that SABs, you know, because they they do kind of shine they kind of shine the shit every six months. You know, it's not a big change, but it's a big enough change. And uh, they're experts at marketing as well. Yeah, they're Shelves. very good at that. Very good at that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess is J is JR still making helicopters? Uh, don't think so. I think, no, I think uh, D Force maybe took over doing the electronics and servos, but I don't think yeah, they're building what, heli kits, are they? I thought I, I saw a post they were talking about. Um, I don't know if they were talking about bringing any new models out, but I think they're they are doing part support for some of the uh, well, the, okay. the seven hundred in particular. Maybe I still think parts Not are hard sure. to get. Hard yeah. to get. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know. It's, uh, Stores aren't really stocking those parts of those helis because there's not a lot of folks. Right. You know, that's a nice fly. machine. I I didn't fly it a whole lot, but it's a nice machine. I uh, it's definitely one that I'll get back in the air. Oh, um, I just remembered Compass left since you left the hobby. Yeah. Right? You mentioned right. your seven HV. Yeah, that, and I don't. That was kind of a big deal when they closed shop a few years ago. Didn't they move? Are they? I know they went from the seven HV to what the Chronos or some shit like right, that. Right. Uh, which you could, as I remember, you could get an upgrade kit to get your seven HV to become a Chronos. As I remember, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, but I don't know if parts are available for that. I've got a lot of no. There, there'll be no parts for for any that's Compass right. stuff. the The word on the street was the guy decided he he was done with it. And he went through and destroyed all the tooling and all the, oh, the surplus stuff. The yep. dude in Germany, wherever they were made. He just wrapped it all. I'm done. He didn't try to sell it or anything. <laughs> he just destroyed it all. So you might as well just hang that one on the wall, Dan. He must have, look he at must have been pissed. That's a, such a nice blind I, machine. I know. I know. Uh, uh, I, got, I know a couple people that's got six HVs. I absolutely loved them. I mean, it's okay. just, they're dead now. I've got a lot of parts for that that heli i could probably crash it once or twice i've got key parts for it but uh, not not a ton yeah and i know dan had an oxy at one point oxy three for about four days yeah right? <laughs> i've had a couple yeah. of them but uh yeah. they never last long i you know i get i get a wild hair at my ass and i decide i'm gonna try one uh mainly because some good friends try to talk me into it and they end up they give me a really good deal uh, I've had actually a friend of mine actually give me one trying to get me to fly it. And yeah, I mean, I'll fly it once or twice. And um, well, next I'm just fun too fly, old. Next fun fly you're at, you'll see probably an Oxy 5 in the mix. You can check out the yeah, engineering that. on that. And I know James Cadiz has an Oxy 5. Yeah. Oh, yes, he does. 
Yeah. If you come I know, to where, the free I know where that event, came from. <laughs> you'll see the Oxy 7. Oh, yes. True. Is that a, an electric or a nitro? Black uh, electric. The type yeah. they have out. 700, 690 size, right? 690. Yeah. Yep. The Oxy Flash. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think of all the names of the helis we have now, Dan? Mm. We got the Oxy <laughs> Flash. We got the Goblin Raw. We got the, the Puma. We got Puma. Buddy. The Buddy. Inbus. There's a gasser company called G Things. What, what, do you, what do you think about these? Things. 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 I just, I don't know. Did we lose our I, way? No, I don't Because I, don't I think so. all I, these I, names I, are stupid as fuck. I just want to. Well, you know, the thing it is. So, uh, I, I, times. working with Skyfish, we hired, uh, some young, eager marketing folks. <laughs> okay. And uh, so I kind of got used to that, and I just stopped paying attention, you know, because um, at some point, it's just not worth dying over that battle. I mean, it's just not worth that hill, you know. It's a uh, they're trying to be hip. They're trying to be. Um, it's they're them. they're not marketing. Yeah, we can that still shit make jokes. Me. Right. Oh, sure we can. And I'm sure we will. <laughs> they're, they're not marketing that to me. And, and that's maybe what's important, right? Because they got to get some new blood into the, into the, into the scene. I mean, they could probably call these thing, uh, you know, the, the, a turd and we'd probably still buy it. Those of us, you know, that have been in the hobby or want to come back into the hobby from years ago. It just, that doesn't really concern me a whole lot. I, I don't really pay much attention to it, but yeah, I mean, they're just trying to. But you know what? You know what, Andy? What's that? I could, I could just see the whole marketing behind that. The the whatever turd. It flies like shit. Well, you knew that when you bought it. It's yeah. that's, turd. What, that's the my nickname <laughs> the for my line helis was turd. <laughs> turd. <laughs> uh, I was saying, Andy, but you know what? How much have we been talking about? These oh, I know. Names, like they, the they win. And Nimbus they and win. Like, they win. Oh, yeah. I forgot about right, Nimbus. Right? Sure. Nimbus isn't yeah. so bad. Yeah. No, right. Just I mean, don't look up flying Nimbus on uh, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> oh, don't look up anything in Urban Dictionary shit. Uh, Dieter, Dieter had something in the Urban Dictionary. I think they call it the Spokane uh, oh, right. uh-huh. shoehorn. shoehorn. I dare, look that one up. I dare you. Okay. He's going to look it up. <laughs> All your listeners should stop what they're doing right now and, and look that up. Ian can't spell Spokane. Use a VPN. Use a VPN. <laughs> You no, I don't. They, um, <laughs> you know, the, I, I, first, you know, the, the raw name actually, I, it resonates. I kind of like that based on what they're going for with that particular model. Yeah. Um, at least that marketing makes a little sense. It doesn't just feel like it's from left field. I mean, it, it you know, it, it feels like there's a, I like, don't it, like, like it. you said earlier, they're, they're really, really good at marketing, right? I don't yeah. like it. I like the heli. I actually love the heli. I have one. It's the first goblin I've actually liked, but I don't care for the name. We used to call the goblins tur- turkey legs back in the... Did yeah. you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, legs. yeah. I remember that. Turkey legs. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody hated those when they first came out. Oh, my God. That's such an ugly machine. Now mm-hmm. everybody has one. Mm-hmm. When I got into the hobby, goblin was already around and I thought they were awesome looking at least. I, I like I think, that. Yeah. I think they look good. Well I think the proof is in the flying too, because man, I remember mm. flying that 
for the first time a 380 that we started out with the one steve had and you just the sound it sounded like such a precision instrument it flew yeah it flew like a you know just flew like a precise instrument you know flew very very good and ian's smiling because he (laughs) must have figured out how to did you find find it oh yeah i found it Yeah, he and uh, he was working. I can't remember in, in some engineering office. He's an electrical engineer, and and uh, he and like four other guys came up with that, and they submitted it to the Urban Dictionary, and they added it. Nice. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I always wonder where the where the hell some of these people come up with this shit because That's oh my god, the minds of people like Dieter. That's where that. <laughs> By the yeah. way, do you guys know what he's doing now? No. He's no. got a big presence on YouTube. Strangely yeah. enough, um, that is heli channel though. No, no, he's not doing helis. Well, at least no. In fact, he gave me a Goblin 500. Uh, he's just giving his shit away. Um, no, he's. Uh, you guys have heard of Roblox, maybe? That, oh yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, he's doing really well. It, it's it was really fun to to watch him. I actually he does that live stream, and of course, I, I tuned in one day just to see what it was all about. And he really takes on the appropriate persona because obviously he's dealing with um, young kids and completely clean and unlike Dieter, but he kind of <laughs> takes on this persona that just fits the role really well. And he's, uh, I think his plan is to take that full time. And it's oh, been nice. a while since I talked to him, but at the time he... Fibers, he can probably yeah, go full Yeah, I think at the time he was pulling in about 2,500 a month doing it. Nice. Um, and and that was a long time ago. And sure, I see well. he's he's he gets quite a few views per per Do show. You know his channel name. So a shout out and get some people to. Dieter plays, I think it's called. Dieter, yeah. So what you're saying is he's really good at thinking like an eight year old. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say that's you know that's his crowd, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Boobies. Okay. You know he just he's okay. really into that. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's a big no, deal nowadays. Yeah, he's doing pretty good. Um, as far as the other guys uh, from RCHN, just a little bit of a recap. Yeah. actually talked to both Nick and, and Justin here in the last couple of weeks. Um, Nick is, uh, he's into ham radio now. He's doing a lot of ham radio. And mm-hmm. he was really big into mountaineering and rock climbing, mountain climbing. But yeah. he kind of, he still does it. But I guess he's not as... Uh, uh, into it as he was but he is involved i believe with like search and rescue and that kind of stuff and justin of course is he's he's into it uh, he's been doing a lot of mountain climbing um that kind of thing and hanging out in the pacific northwest i haven't talked to jesse in a long time i think he's got three kids now from what i understand oh wow, oh, wow. Um, someone needs to tell him how, how that happens yeah i was gonna say he didn't know what causes that apparently not yeah. apparently not but, uh, yeah, he's doing good. Of course, I talk to James all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I have stayed in pretty close touch through the years. But um, Yeah, James is a good dude. He's come out to Jersey and yeah. met up with us. Uh, he was out there on on more business, but then stopped by the flying field, and we got to hang out, I think, for one of our events, right, Steve? Yeah, that's the event I was at, uh, 2019 nice. in Jersey. Yeah. He, he came. And- yeah, he came the year before, too, at yeah. Boulder. Like, yeah. Yeah, my wife and I went down to visit him. I guess it was kind of a delayed honeymoon trip we took. Uh, I always wanted to ride Amtrak. I, I don't know why. I like trains. I always have. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so we rode Amtrak from Seattle to Los Angeles, um, went down there and hung out in LA and out to Catalina Island for about four or five, six days, I think it was. And then, uh, of course, spent a little bit of time with James and his wife and uh, kids. But uh, yeah, he's he's a good guy. He um, he and I talked quite a bit. How how was the the train ride? Because that. We, me and mine have actually been looking at doing that at some point, either doing that or doing the Chicago to San Francisco or the one goes through the mountains. There's a couple different routes there and it sounds like it'd be fun. I don't know. It is. Uh, I got, I do have some suggestions. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're going to take a trip that's longer than 12 hours, um, I would get, I would wait for a deal and get a uh, private cabin. Right. There's two, two two types of cabins. One is one's much larger than the other. I, I, I've not been in either of them. All I know is 35 hours on a train, uh, on Thanksgiving week was, uh, a little over a little, little much kids screaming, kicking the back of the seat. Uh, the trip down to Los Angeles was, was very nice. Um, because Mm -hmm. there weren't very many people, but the trip coming back from Los Angeles to Seattle was just jam packed. And it was not pleasant. Had we had our own sleeper, um, yeah, that's what we were looking at. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the only way to go. Plus, you can lay down in in them more comfortably. But uh, overall, it it was a great experience, Um, especially if you like trains. And I'm kind of a closet train nerd, you know, model trains and stuff like that. It's something I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Out here in Pennsylvania, there's a lot of train history, so I've been doing a lot of that. But, um, yeah, definitely give it a shot. Get, get yourself yeah, one of the uh, roommates. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it was a great, it was, it was a good nice. trip. The food is not too good. Um, That's I don't good. know about the, uh, cafe, like, uh, since COVID was a thing, um, regular coach folks could not eat the same, couldn't go to the, to the cafe car where people that had rooms could go. So I don't know if that food is any better. Okay. I think it is. So we were dealing with the microwave uh, right, sandwiches, right, shit like right. that. And which, you know, you do have the occasion when they stop, which they do stop quite often uh, to get out and uh, go in. And sometimes there's little fast food restaurants right there in the train station, yeah, but sure. uh, it's still fun. It was really the, you get to see that trip that I've made thousands of times through my life thousands might be a little bit of an exaggeration but many 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 times mm-hmm. get to see it from a different perspective which is kind of nice yeah yeah yep. that's what i thought would be neat just sit there and look out the window to all the landscape yeah we're going to take the one from at some point we're going to take the one from philadelphia to uh florida and back probably okay. probably uh probably in fall we're thinking mm-hmm. just just literally there and back maybe stay one night somewhere in florida and get on the train and come back nice yep cool dan uh, if you um you. oh sorry go ahead steve yeah i wanted to ask you do you still ride a motorcycle or i don't right now i don't have one so i had um i had a really nice uh it was a kawasaki voyager right. um and i put eighty-seven thousand miles on it in damn. a year and a half wow damn and uh it got to the point where it was starting to nickel and dime me. Like, um, yeah. and when they start to nickel and dime you, they quickly 
fall out of grace as far as I'm concerned, because you're constantly in the shop, you're constantly dicking with this, that, and the other. So I, I sold it, um, with the intention of immediately trying to find the exact same motorcycle, except, you know, several years newer, if not new, Mm -hmm. um, life kind of changed. I started dating Elaine and, um, yeah, yeah, that ability to just jump on a bike and, you know, take a 700 or a thousand mile trip was there, but I had other things that I'd rather be doing. And now that we're married, um, I think at some point we're both talking about it. She wants to learn how to ride. We're going to potentially buy a couple and, and do some, I, I can't really ride the bikes. Like I enjoy like I enjoyed it when I was doing it where I, you know, if it wasn't at least 500 miles, I really wasn't interested in doing it. Um, you know, I like to go out for the long, long rides, but, um, with her, I I suspect that that won't be the case. You have to work up to that. Yeah. Yeah. Traveling. Say every time we go somewhere, it's, um, can you pull over at the next rest area? And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Just got in the zone. (laughs) <laughs> I don't like to stop. I like to get to where I'm going, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, yeah, so at some point, it's just not a priority uh, like it was for that two and a half or three years I was doing it. Um, but I sure enjoyed it. And I had a lot of folks that were – everybody kept asking me to take photos and, and this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, you know, I, I'm, it's not my – that's not my uh, thing. I'm not a picture taker. I, and I would say things like, well, if you want to experience it, go get a bike and come with me, mm-hmm. you know, because, right. you know, riding the bike and most of you out there that have ridden or do ride, get it. Um, it's a, it's a whole new experience traveling. Y- you are interacting with your environment from every sense, sound, sight, smell, you know, like riding, th- I don't know, have you guys, if you've never ridden through the desert in Arizona after a rainstorm, you're missing out on a lot because the the desert has such a sweet smell after the rain. And those of you that are living down there understand exactly what I'm talking about. Desert opens up after rain and that aroma is just amazing. And then, of course, you get the foul smell too, right? Uh, dead animals. And that's just all part of the experience. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah, I, one of my, my most memorable rides was uh, I probably shouldn't have been out riding because it was way too cold out. But I rode up through northern New Jersey, just these towns during Christmas time, a lot of <laughs> lights, you know, and, and a lot of wood burning stoves. And you get to smell the different, you know, yeah. different things burning, the different, uh, you know, oak versus whatever, whatever they're burning. And just it was really cool. Very memorable ride I had. Yeah, that's the beauty of motorcycles. It um Everyone, you know, you hear the kind of the, you know, it's, uh, which, uh, I don't know, it's cliche, I guess. A lot of people will say it's freedom, man. Well, it, it really kind of is. And you can't, it's really hard to explain that until you've done it. I mean, you're still traveling, right? You're still going from A to B, but you're typically looking for routes that are less traveled. Like I loved not getting on the interstate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Local routes, yeah. One thing I used to love to do uh, when I'd wake up, I, at the time I was working an awesome shift. I was working seven on 12s and then seven days off, which nice. <laughs> was fantastic. Cause that first morning after I recovered from working night shift, um, I would get up and I would look at something five or 600 miles away and I would just take 
one glance at the map and try to imprint the roads. And then I would put the map away and not look at it again and see if I could make it. Wow. Uh, and I ended up nice. in some really weird places doing that, but that was kind sure. of the whole point. Sometimes there were a few times I never actually made it to my intended destination. Uh, but I ended up seeing some pretty cool shit along the way. Nice. There was a lot of times I'd get on the motorcycle and, and just, you know, be out with the guys and you'd, you'd think to yourself, why doesn't everybody do this? This is right. so enjoyable. Well, one of my biggest things that I had to get over relatively quick is I always had this fear of hitting a deer and, yeah. uh, especially Anyhow. where I lived at the time. And even out here, there's quite a bit of deer running around, but, uh, at, at some point, I guess I just got to the point where, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Right. And I just stopped thinking about it. And, um, you know, a lot of the guys that I, I did belong to a, it wasn't a club. It was a, like a family. There's a big difference between a motorcycle club and a organization, like a riding club. Right. Yeah. So this was just a group of old guys that rode, rode, uh, like Honda Goldwings. And, um, that was one of their, you know, they, they really struggled with that. Um, one of the guys actually that I rode with quite a bit did actually get hit by a deer, knocked him off his bike. That's 70 miles an hour, <laughs> but, uh, damn. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Your time's up when your time's up regardless. Yeah. My, uh, my uncle actually hit one, uh, several years ago while riding a, uh, CBR, uh, 93 CBR 600. Ooh. Uh, he turned the bend and there it was. He had no time to swerve or anything, but he, uh, he hit it and, uh, the head swinging around and smacking it on the other side is what kept him upright. Otherwise, uh -huh. he was getting ready to go down. Oh, wow. It, I, he, he, he rode it all the way home. The fairing was gone, but I yeah. mean, that was the most I, of it. I actually hit a deer. Um, horrible story. I was in the middle of nowhere in Idaho and, and um, on a 45-mile-an-hour stretch, and I rode a big V-twin, and I wasn't about speed. It was about chugging in the highest gear at the lowest RPM you could, right, just to get that chug, chug, chug out of right. it, right? And, uh <laughs> Um, I'm cruising along probably at 45 around and I see a little fawn coming run, running up on the side of the road. And I thought to myself, don't you do it, you little bastard. So I started slowing down as quickly as I could. Sure enough, that thing just right in front of me and I let up off the brakes and I gave it some throttle to try to lighten the front end up a little bit because I was going to run right over him and I didn't want it to trip me up. And I uh, ended up cutting that little bastard in half. I heard him scream. As soon as I hit him, oh. I'm like, oh, man, you little shit. But oh. No, you know, I didn't get hurt, I guess. I guess that's all that matters. But wow. Yeah. That little guy didn't make it. And then I hit a gopher once. Fuck that gopher. Gosh. Smashed up and it, something, it caught up in something in the front wheel and it smashed it up into my fairing. And uh, hit the the bar, the crash bar, and, and it exploded. And I had blood and guts all over my uh, my right leg. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you I killed that deer. I hate deer. Fuck them. <laughs> They're tasty. Yeah. But I had a I had a friend hit a duck once, too, flying away. <laughs> yeah. Put a hole I've had in that. It. Not a duck. I had a bird. You, you know, because. Uh, yeah. I had a, there's a, a, like a little bubble, especially when you got a full headdresser, right? You get the, there's this little bubble where the wind kind of buffers over your head and it's, uh, it's kind of this weird 
wind comes from up underneath and kind of blows up to your face. And this bird got caught in that updraft and, and it was like right under my chin, flipping around, trying to get out of there. Jeez. <laughs> It was a little distracting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just trying to bat it away, trying to maintain my, you know, not, not, not get into any unstable situation. Right. Don't get the wobble or something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. My uh, uncle, one of his riding buddies, uh, actually hit a bird on the interstate and they had a, you know, he just went ahead and went to the ER right after that because like he was wearing just a shirt and a vest and the beak broke off in the vest and it actually broke the skin enough where he had to get a couple <sighs> stitches. Jeez. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Dan, now that you're in Pennsylvania, uh, I was going to mention this earlier when you're talking about trains and, uh, and such, uh, I know I used to pass Northlands, which is in New Jersey. It's, um, used to be like the Guinness book, uh, record holder for the world largest model railroad. Oh yeah. And if yeah, you yeah. ever want to check that out, that's kind of in Western Jersey, you're probably well, like a couple hours. There are, there's a ton of those in this area. Um, there was, I can't remember the name of it. There's one that we went to last year. Uh, wasn't quite the biggest, but there's a lot of those around. There's a, one thing that really surprised me. I actually looked into it. I never did anything, but I, I looked into joining a club, um, where they do train operations on large layouts like that. And, um, it wasn't really my thing, um, mainly because I'm with my back. I, I still can't just stand in one spot for long periods of time. And of course, when they build these big layouts in these rooms, they don't really, not really designed for, you know, you're standing there doing this. Right. But as far as like real railroad, there's a lot of that, like uh, Horseshoe Curve, went up, went up to Horseshoe Curve um, a couple weekends ago. That was just awesome to go up there and see that. A uh, lot of lot of rail history, uh, Lehigh Valley on the other side by Lancaster. Yeah. Um, you can actually ride old steam trains out there. Uh, there's one up by Altoona uh, where Horseshoe Curve is where you can actually ride a steam into a, a, a mine, into a, a coal mine. Oh, really? Oh, wow. It's no longer, obviously, operational, but you can ride – it said they were open, but unfortunately, we got there. They weren't. I don't know what's happening there, but we're going to try to head back there uh, at some point. But a lot of a lot of train history out here in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, that's one thing. Not to bore all your listeners about Pennsylvania, but <laughs> you know, Montana. There's a lot of history. The problem with exploring the history in Montana is you're going to drive five, six hundred miles, right? Here, you've got so much history within just a couple hours of whichever direction you want to go, whether it's Washington, D.C., New York City, all the train right. uh, museums. And uh, in fact, we're yeah. going to the uh, Gettysburg Boston, reenactment, yeah. uh, Civil War reenactment. Oh, wow. Got tickets for that this summer in July. Nice. Um, just a ton of history. Yeah. Get up and fly. <laughs> Come to my field. Yeah, it's. I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, I guess there's a fun fly coming up here in June, just north of me here in Pennsylvania. I'm gonna head to that one too. I can't think of the name off the top of my head. But... Is that uh, Tuscatora? Tusco yes, Tuscatora. That's yeah, that's oh, our yeah. friend. Um, that's Kyle Schneider's. Kyle uh, Schneider's and Larry, yeah. right? Yep. Yep. In fact, yeah, I, I'm gonna I met be up, up there. Larry. Yeah. And of course, I'm have... coming out to your guys' fun fly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Nice. For that. I should have something flying by then. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Not, I mean, I'll let you fly one of my hoes. I'm sure there's a ton of people that would let you fly their shit. 
Oh, that's pretty risky. It's been a while. James know. James Cadiz lets me fly his shit whenever I go down there, and he says I do a pretty good job. I got a full scale helicopter flying right outside my window right now. <laughs> oh, nice. I hear it. So. Almost gone. Almost gone. <laughs> no, I like there it. it hey, I like mean, it fits. It, as long as it's an aviation, I mean, it, it fits. It's fine. Yep. Um, so speaking of getting something flying, Dan, what are you going to get some old stuff? You're going to build a new kit? You're looking for something? So, yeah. What's the plan gonna, of attack uh, here? I, I'm going to get, I'm going to get the compass up in the air gently. Uh, I still want to fly it. I probably won't try anything out of my comfort zone uh, with it because I won't be able to replace the parts. Uh, I'm going to get the force going again. I'm going to kind of investigate that. And if any, anybody out there, my email is dankreed at msn.com. If anybody's got any information on where to get Forza 700 parts, please, please let me know. That'd be great. Um, I'm going to be building. <laughs> Fortunately, it seems like everything I'm going to be building, there are no parts for. Of course, uh, James Cadiz is going to send me a, a Synergy N7 that he's had for a couple of years uh, that he never got around to building. Um, I, I, wow. I think, I think inevitably, I just, I want to make sh- sure that it makes sense for me to get back into the hobby, which I'm kind of a, you know, 100% or nothing kind of guy when it comes to hobbies. So usually if I decide that I'm going to get back into a hobby, I, it's uh, balls to the wall, right? I don't, don't really screw around with mm-hmm. him and Han around the edges. Um, so yeah. What that means is probably in the next, I'll probably start looking at some of the more newer, the newer machines that have uh, easier parts replacement, most likely an SAB. Uh, I'm going to look at these Trons, uh, don't know anything about them. Um, and of course, you just mentioned these XL powers. I'm going to take a look at some of these. I do want to get some nitros. Uh, I won't be flying nitros nearly as much as I used to just because of the price of fuel. Uh, but um it's not hooked up for fuel, so. Yeah, you know, I was looking at one of my helis. Which one was it? Oh, I think it was the Forza. It has a Skookum fly marlis. You guys remember Skookum? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's how long that was. That's how long ago that was. I got a bunch of uh, Icon twos. Uh, I don't know why, but I've got like six or seven of them brand new in a box. I think they were sent to me uh, by Alex. I, I I don't remember how I got them. Yeah, I still fly uh, those. That'll yeah, work. yeah those. they were they were good. I, you know, fine. I didn't have any issues with those. I I did really like, you know, back to that V bar thing. I really did like yeah. that uh, V bar controller, that V control. I the uh, I like the the battery logging that it had. I like the the bailout, the fail safe uh, system, the, the rescue, rescue system yeah. was was pretty nice. Uh, of course, Icon's got that as well. I don't know. I you know I. Didn't really use the rescue in with the icons that I did have, uh, but I did use it. Uh, I did use it with the V control quite a bit. Uh, that that was the time where Nick was really trying to get me into uh, getting better at pyro flips, mm-hmm. um, and required a lot of rescue at the time. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, those, um, those are some of the episodes I remember. Yeah, because yeah. I think I was times. trying them at the same time, and you were describing in detail how to get into it, out of it. Yeah, yeah. Guys would go back and forth a lot about it. Yeah, Nick was a really, really good teacher. He's he uh, 
of course, that was evident in all of his everything that he did in the hobby, whether it was that initial before he was even part of H- RCHN, that initial Beast X tuning guide that he put on Heli Freak that had like 100,000 views or some shit like that. Um, always was willing to share his knowledge and very knowledgeable, right? At the same time, Justin was, or Justin was the same way, and as so was Jesse. You know, it was just a very unique group of individuals that uh, together formed a pretty, pretty neat uh, little group. Um, hard to replace those guys, that's for sure. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. But um, one um, thing I would like to talk about. Is uh, you, we mentioned it briefly is the um, the Facebook. One thing I have really enjoyed uh, with Facebook was kind of getting in touch with a lot of folks that I hadn't talked to in years and just mm-hmm. striking up conversations. It kind of I don't know. It's kind of got me thinking about maybe um, starting up like an RCHN Discord or something, and not not for anything in particular, uh, but just a a place for me, kind of a selfish place for me, I guess, to reconnect. Mm-hmm. And start having some conversations with some friends that I, you know, haven't talked to in a number of years. Um, yeah, definitely. But uh, we'll see. I'm, you know, little things like that. We'll see. But no, uh, come to our Discord. You know, we do a Discord every Friday. Yeah, see, something like that us. would be fun. I don't. Uh, I haven't really. I I use Discord a little bit for some of the video games that I play, but um, don't use it a lot. Don't know too much about it. But uh, it's been nice being back on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed um, there seems to be a lot of what looked to me like bogus. Uh, you, my guess, what I'm getting at is you really have to pay attention to who who you're accepting friend requests from, right? Um, I, I had a ton of people from yeah. Nigeria. <laughs> oh, just yeah. like, I don't know anybody true. in Nigeria. Man. Uh-huh. I don't know. No so thanks. All claiming to be a prince. Yeah. <laughs> the way I look at it, if you don't have a helicopter somewhere in your profile, then I'm yeah. not gonna accept it. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, I you know I I don't really want to be I, you know I I kind of feel bad when I don't because I don't know you know some of these folks you know have really invested over the years pre- previous years uh, a lot of time and uh, in RCHN and I I certainly don't want <clears throat> to disc you know discount anybody that sense here uh what what could potentially be a bogus friend request but uh you know i guess people understand right yeah. um, i do like it is it's been fun and i mentioned before we started recording i just recently just i guess a week or two ago i listened to that episode you guys did um about uh it was like your 261 it was yeah, kind of 261. a 261 yeah that was a tribute man what that that was pretty special. Thank you guys for that. That was uh, it was fun to listen to. I, it was um, brought back a lot of memories and 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 it you know Justin actually told me about it. He must have just listened to it or for whatever yeah. reason it came up in a conversation he and I were having, and that's why I was aware of it. And um, you know he and I were talking, and we we. We think about all the all that time we put into our CHN and 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 when we hear things like that, it's it's just a really good feeling to know that um, all that time really did make an impact in the hobby. Uh, oh, yeah, it's yeah, to some level, and and we're so appreciative of that. And you know, it just started out as a you know our CHN. I've told the story many many times, but for me, it was truly selfish. Like. 
I lived in Montana and there was nobody for hundreds and hundreds of miles. Right. And I was like, I need to be able to talk about RC helicopters because I'm not, I'm not improving. I don't really understand the setup. Of course, you know, I was going through Finless Bob's videos, like wildfires consuming those. I would watch every build video of every brand trying to learn how to do this. But ultimately what it boils down to is being able to have that open communication with somebody and, uh, that's what the podcast did for me initially, right? It just really allowed me to to have those conversations um, and learn a lot about the hobby. It was great fun. It was, it was a it was a fun ride for sure. I mean, I mean, you think about it. Like, at the very least, you impacted enough that many folks started doing Helly podcast, right? We're not. Yeah, Freefall's not the only one, right? No, absolutely. So there's, there's, well, you know. All the other heli podcasts that all you know you're the grandfather of, of <laughs> well that, you know to some extent i guess that's true but mm-hmm. there's always a there's always a trailblazer and for me it, it was uh chris and uh, all things that fly right um uh, and before that even it was dicey with the rc freak podcast and and um you know obviously i was involved in a few episodes with that and um those are the guys that really kind of uh, inspired me to to create RCHN, and it certainly wasn't out of I can. It wasn't a. I didn't come at it from a perspective of, of I could do it better. Now, you know, just between me and you, yeah, I thought I could do it better. <laughs> but that, that wasn't my motivation, right? That right. wasn't my motivation. Right. I, there's there was there's there was always room, and there still is room, uh, for many podcasts out there even in a hobby that's declining uh there's still plenty of hardcore folks out there that just want to consume product right and um and it doesn't matter if you're doing this because you're concerned about your downloads yeah that's that's fun to look at especially if your show is doing well it's fun to to see those metrics but if that's the sole reason you're doing it, then chances are you're not going to stick around, right? You're, you know, because it's not about the, I don't even know what the word is these days, uh, I mean, clout. Uh, yeah, right. You know, I guess maybe, but. Uh, it's, it's the same reason why you don't, you know, start a hobby business. Exactly. You know, an RC hobby right. business. Because you're not going to get rich. Right? You're not going to get rich and it's going to suck the life out of you. Right. And that's, yeah. you know, it was definitely a labor of love. And it was it was a lot of fun. I I'd listen back and occasionally I'll throw on an episode just just for shits and giggles and and just I never listen to a full episode, but I, you know because it's uh, frankly I can't be bothered to sit there for two and a half hours and listen to a whole episode <laughs> of RCHN. But um, it's fun to listen to. And I actually I posted something up on the RCHN Facebook page the other day. You guys may or may have not seen it, but yeah. Apparently, I was working on, I don't remember this, uh, I was working on a best of episode. I think it was intended to be released a year or so after yeah. we stopped, and I never did get around to doing it. But what I did have, and Ken Salois was helping me with it, um, we were putting together clips um, of various shows throughout the years, and um, I, I happened across a long-forgotten Dropbox that Ken and I shared and um i saw all those clips and i thought i should put some of those up i mean i'm sure someone would enjoy listening to some of those so i'm going to be putting those up uh 
I don't know. I've probably got 10 or 15 hours of that stuff. Um, short 10 minute minute clips, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, just put them up so people can enjoy them. So look for those, uh, coming, I don't know, every couple of weeks. I really, there's no set schedule. I just, whenever I kind of feel like doing it, but, um, you know, some other things I, not trying to rant, you know, kind of uh, take over your guys' show here, but there are a couple of things mm-hmm. I want to talk about. Um, we talked about the friends connecting. That's super important to me. And I, and please look me up on Facebook if, um, if you'd like, and, um, you know, I'd love to have some conversations with some old listeners. Uh, it's great fun. But, uh, one thing that I'm a little unsure about, maybe you guys can kind of help me with is, uh, I actually don't know. I'm assuming the, the players, uh, AccuRC, Phoenix, um, and uh, Real Flight are st- still in the game. I did order Real Flight. I think it's nine five the other day. Yeah, nine five. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but then I after I ordered it, I kind of went. Maybe I kind of did it in, the, in the reverse order. I went to Helifreak just to look at the yeah. comments, and I'm not hearing a lot of good things about Real Flight there. I never really had an issue with Real Flight. Um, I did love Phoenix. Didn't really ever give uh, Accuracy a fair shake, um, but I but I also loved. I think it was Next. Any mm-hmm. XT. Right. Yeah. I did like that one, but I, I see they're still doing their thing, and they still got that free trial. So I'll probably try that too. Yeah. Which uh, Which sim are you guys using? If Accuracy and, and uh, Next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on Accuracy. Anybody yeah. doing real flight? No. I was for a while. I just could never get. Yeah, so it always got twitchy for me. I could never get it dialed into how I wanted it, and it seemed like accuracy running out of box was pretty close, and I could make some changes. Yeah, I will will say. I I was gonna say I will say that um, uh, auto rotations are better on uh, Real Flight Seven Point Five than what it is on Next. And Next, it's like it comes down like a brick. I feel, but. Um, I haven't spent much time on AccuRC. My main goal out of a simulator, and I've never been much of a simulator kind of guy, um, is just to kind of revisit that muscle memory. Um, yeah. I, even yeah. though I was building drones, I, I I was not piloting drones. I didn't have a 107. I wasn't interested in going out and flying cell towers or uh, any type of infrastructure. I I just didn't want to do any of that. So I never did any of that with that with Skyfish. We hired all of our pilots, but, um, so I haven't really flown. I did do some test flying, uh, on the drone when needed, but I, eh, you know, it's a drone. It's different. Right. Trying to get the cat. What we've been doing like every Friday is to, you know, get together in discord and then start an AccuRC, uh, room where we can have 12 people at, at a time. Yeah, 12 helicopters at the same time flying. Sometimes we've yeah. had two rooms going for two sessions. Yeah, we, used to, going. we used to do that. Well, somebody used to do that. I don't know, but it was called the RCHN room, but I joined it occasionally. That was always kind of fun. You know what I found is that help, it helped me in a, in a great deal because uh, I've said it on the show many times that, uh, you know, you're talking, you're having fun, you're listening to stories, and, and you're going through the muscle memory. And then before right. you know it, the two hours is over, and you're like, Holy shit! I've been simming for two hours. Right. You know, it just helps you out uh, in that respect. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to 
to re-engaging myself in the hobby, uh, whether it's hanging out, doing simulator with uh, a bunch of folks. Um, I'm certainly not opposed to trying out other simulators. And I most likely, I think at some point in time, I probably have owned every one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But um, I don't know why I decided on real flight other than it just felt like something, I don't know. It just felt like a recognizable name to me. Right. Uh-huh. It's like, Oh yeah, yeah I'm a real flight. I, I think, hundreds I of think hours it's okay. Flight. The nine, the newest one, 9.5. They had a couple that was kind of terrible. The um, 10 or the X one, X, right? I think. Yeah. And then they kind of backed off that and went back to nine and then to eight or something. Yeah. Eight, five, I think. It's pretty good. If most people that are doing the online stuff are either using AccuRC or next, yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of the two main ones for multiplayer stuff. But yeah. any of them are okay. I mean, as far as just get muscle memory type stuff. Yeah, I used to use Next a lot. I remember because I think that one was one of the few simulators you could fly on Mac when I was using the Mac at the time. Right. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and we have we have people that join the Discord server and talk, but they're flying next also, and yeah. they're in a different room. As I haven't yeah. experienced a lot of that because I use yeah. AccuRC. But. A lot of times we'll have an AccuRC room <laughs> and a next room on the same <laughs> yeah. Discord. You know, and I would think you could talking. get the same benefit even if you were just in any sim by yourself, but you were in Discord. Yeah, you know? just like, hanging out. Really? Yeah. Shit. Shit. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yep. It is. Absolutely. It's fun, it's fun to do it in person, too. So you got to make out some fun flies in this area, man. There's a lot of good East Coast fun flies, I think. That's the one thing I'm thrilled. I'm excited to see the difference. I, you know, I was always under the impression based on stories told that uh, we did it a little bit different on the West Coast than than is done over here on the East Coast. I believe Uh, that. I I think, you know, the big thing about what we used to do on the West Coast was, um, well, and I don't know how similar or dissimilar it is. I'm interested to find out, but it was, a uh, we would show up you know, on a Thursday and pack out on a Sunday. And it was just, you know, up till two o'clock in the morning around a campfire, you know, yeah. uh, night flying, all that stuff. I, I'm assuming it's very similar, but I do remember whenever we did have some folks from the East coast come out to our fun flies, um, they would go to the hotel at about seven o'clock at night. And we always thought that was a little strange. I don't know if that, if that's still a thing, that's probably because they're jet lagged. <laughs> yeah, 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 they flew out. Yeah, right. No they place they, stay. Yeah, they're not. They don't really have the ability to stay, but uh, you know, and camp out at the fun fly. But um, I, you know, I always felt that the community in the Pacific Northwest was a pretty special, tight knit group, and I'm sure you guys feel the same. Uh, you so. know, with the with the Northeast community. Um, yeah, I think there's like a there's a Northeast, and then there's like a Central and South East yeah. like group. Right. Um, it's and there's some really good hardcore, like, clubs and fun flies and you know events here and and people, like so I think yeah you you you're gonna find that you're with like-minded folks out here. I went to look at my local AMA club. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. What clubs you have around you? Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it's just outside of town here in Carlisle. Um, it's more of a planker club, but they got a really nice field. Uh, I don't, I, I've not been out there when there were a ton of people out there, but I don't think there's any heli pliers at that particular field. Um, there's, but you know, I I don't know how the the rules, I guess I haven't really been paying too close attention to the rules, but, um, 
there's a lot of farmland around here. Um, I'm not worried about finding a place to fly. Uh, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to handle, um, you know, we talked briefly before we started recording about the, um, the rules, the FAA rules and all that shit. Yeah, especially um, if you join a club, they're going to require you to do the, yeah. the stupid test and, and have your FAA registration to join. They require that? I'm well, club? Some clubs do, yeah. What, what do you mean a test? It. Like a proficiency test? <laughs> yes. Well, the test that I just took. I've never heard it's, of that. It's the trust yeah. test now, this new thing trust coming test, out. Yeah. Uh, and it's a joke. It's seriously a joke. And they say it's it's drones. It's all highlighted drones, drones, drones. But on the website, there's three little icons for drones, planes, and airplanes. And you know that they consider everything drones when they, right. when they you know. But uh, And it's just the basics that everybody... It's really the basics that everybody that's in the AMA should already know. So you could like take this test and pass it without so, going through it. But it's an online test. I didn't put my email okay. in and put my phone number in. I didn't do anything. I just went to this silly thing and I got a certificate when I was done. I just had to put my name in at the end. And I could have put anybody's name in at the end. I could retest it on on another retake it on another computer. I just send me that put, certificate when you get done with it. I've never okay. taken exactly. a test to join a club. <laughs> well, they. Yeah, my club is going to start requiring be different, Tennessee. This. And here's the here's the yeah. kicker that I that I saw like other than, you know, 400 feet and yeah, manned aircraft out of the right away, duh, you know. <laughs> they they said every drone FPV pilot must have a line of sight spotter. So if they ever start busting my balls at the at at the club I'm at, I'm going to I might say when they when they ask me for my card, I'm going to be like, "Well, you know what? I, they one of the test questions was Hey, should that guy have a spotter? And the answer is yes. Where's his spotter? All these yeah. guys flying FPV, all these yeah. drone pilots. Yeah, go go and, hit them first. Where's their spotter? They all should have a spotter. And you know what, dude? I freaking was on a soapbox at the office. Nobody knew what the hell I was talking about, but I felt <laughs> when I was done. I said, and this is all because that some bitch trappy had to prove a freaking uh-huh. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I got a lot of ration of shit for saying that back in the day, but. I saw that coming, man. If you guys, if you could go back and I have no idea what episode, but I remember just ranting about how multi-rotors are going to affect our hobby. Right. And I couldn't have been more right. And usually I'm not, usually I'm not right. (laughs) You you were absolutely right. And I remember those episodes. That's why I said something earlier. Cause I knew you were like F the FAA. I'm not going through this stupid thing. I'm not doing it. I had some listeners that really got on my case because of what I'm about to say and F the AMA too. I mean, seriously, yeah, what did yeah. those old codgers do for us? Nothing. Okay. They signed a, memor- a memorandum of understanding with the, with the FAA and the FAA totally walked on them, right? They walked over them like they were uh, taking candy they from the paper, you know, they, I just they think they felt powerless. They agreed they, to have their own throat cut in a way. Sure I mean, they it's did. Just, sure yeah. they did. You know, the way they're, the way they're, handling the uh expansion of potential new flying sites eventually they're they're not going to allow it and all those sites are going to die out right and there's going to be no place to fly at after that point right and then of course you got this remote id bullshit my god don't even get me started on that you know that (laughs) that's impacting the manufacturing especially in the you know world i come from that was a huge deal uh you know it's something that as a manufacturer you got to be very concerned about uh, luckily, it's been in a series of lawsuits. It's kind of extended the uh, deadlines um, by two years now. But 
Um, last I heard, it was uh, like September of 23, where manufacturers have to uh, either have a module ready to go for ready or for existing uh, customers and a tamper-proof uh, remote ID system in their current production models. And um, no a typical government fashion, they lay the rule out just like Florida recently did to all their multi-rotor operators. They just thought they saw a problem and they, they, they threw an ax down on it with no real solution. And they left all these folks with no answers, uh, you know, and, and what I'm getting at there is, yeah, they want you to have this uh, broadcasting capability, but there's no infrastructure for it. Right. Um, there's no, there are, there are some manufacturers or some, you know, third-party uh, manufacturers that are are starting to contemplate what this is going to look like. And at Skyfish, we're actually in the pro- – well, we – they are actually in the process of developing their own in, internally, right, that that broadcasts the appropriate information. Uh, but we don't know to, to what that looks like. We don't know what that infrastructure looks like. Nobody does. You can't – we were working with the FAA on another project. Um and I remember one time I was in a conversation with some folks in the FAA uh, while I was at Skyfish, and we're talking about setting up some, um, they, they wanted Skyfish to model some infrastructure uh, around the country, quite a bit of it. So we were looking at a big contract with the FAA. After several weeks of talking to them, finally I I I was on a meeting with them and I said, Hey, I've got a question for you guys. It's got nothing to do with, um, with what we're talking about, but I want to know if you guys can help me understand exactly what the remote ID, uh, uh infrastructure is going to look like. And they kind of went, Hmm, huh. you know, we don't know. We don't really know, but you know what we'll do. We'll find somebody who does know and we'll let them get in touch with you. Well, that phone call never happened. So these guys are making these rules. And it's uh, almost like they're waiting the waiting for the 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 end re, end result yeah. to happen before the end before it can happen. And yeah. you know. Well, I think that's how they're going to set precedent, right? So they're just going to let this kind of open-ended ruling happen and then um they're going to wait for someone to mess up. And then from there they're going to say, "Well, they shouldn't have done that, but this is what they should have done. Now we know how to fix this problem, right?" Or we think we do. It's you know I mentioned the the Florida guys and and in the multi road world, especially first responders, police, uh, accident reconstruction, um, missing people. Uh, they had been employing um, DJI, as a lot of them did, right? They it's for a, it, DJI didn't do what we did. We were a large engineering grade, three D constru- uh, remodeling or uh, reconstruction. Uh, models of cell towers and various infrastructure. It was a different machine. It's, it was big and it carried big cameras and high, you know, high resolution and uh, really good quality. But they need fast, deployable little machines. And so the the state government just put a kibosh to it and said, "Oh, you got to buy. You, you know, you can no longer do these." And all these organizations, Polk County, yeah. those big, they're like, "What do we do? I what do we do?" Thing now. Yeah, you know, and uh, and that's a joke too. The the blue UAS yeah. 2.0. <laughs> Look, I dealt with that, and I oh man. So I'm telling you right now, 
the the eight or so folks that are on that list, mm-hmm. if you take a look at their product line, you know, part of the big thing with the Blue UAS is it has to be USA made. Most of their components are not made. It is a good old boys club. There is no legal authority in the blue EAS list. But the problem is these government agencies, the DOD in particular, because they're real fickle about it. Well, if it's not on the blue EAS list, then we just can't even talk to you. Well, okay, but I can show you components on these manufacturers that are not made in the USA. Oh, it's on the blue US list. That's all I know. The work's been done for me. That's what they're thinking, right? The work's been done for right. me. Somebody else has made the decision. I'm just going with it. Okay, well, good luck with that. So they're looking at doing a revamp to the blue UAS right now. Uh, right now they're on version two, but they're, you know, they're looking to go to another version. And, you know, some of those folks that are on that list are going to be falling off of that list. Um, just because, you know, a lot of them were using, um, the HearLink controller, which is, um, you know, it's very similar to what most people in the UAS market are using. Um, but they had this USA UAS uh, here or this HearLink Blue, which was purportedly made in the United States. And and um, so, as a drone manufacturer, we were looking to do some business with those guys. Mm-hmm. So I called them up and have some meetings with them. Only to find out from the CEO of that particular company that, oh, we just found out the other day that these aren't actually all made in the U.S. But yet six or so of the manufacturers on that blue list were using that controller. Oh, you know, and it's just it's a joke. It really is a joke. Yes. And it's a mess. And if you you know, I was on some webinars with uh, some of the folks that are doing the blue U.S. and they just they can't answer questions. They they refuse to answer tough questions. And and um it's just a mess. And anytime the government gets involved, it becomes a mess. Well, that's what I mean. They, it's almost like they're waiting for the solution to happen by someone else right. so they can implement right. it. You know, I've seen that happen in, in my world where, you know, they, they were talking about this specific device that was going to do this translation. And every question you asked, they just kicked the can down the road even further. And then three years later, they still had no. And then one team uh, that worked for the county figured out how to do it. And they were like, oh, um, one, one, we, well, right, can you guys be a part of, you know, they were, they were looking for that solution and that team said, no, we're not giving it to you. We've been waiting for an answer for you for three years and now you want our solution. No, <laughs> not happening. It's, yeah. To me, it seems like that's what they're waiting for. Yeah. I don't miss that world. I'm telling you right now, I don't miss it. Um, it was, man, it's just, a, it's a tough market and, you know, shit's getting so expensive and shit's getting hard to come by and, and deadlines are, you know, especially working with government contracts, you know, September 30th rolls around, you got a deadline, you better damn well meet that deadline, you know? And, um, if you don't, then you got a problem, right? They, they, you know, the government has the ability to do strange things like fine contractors that don't meet deadlines, you know? Uh, it's, it's it's a tough world. That's for sure. That's for damn sure. But, um, let's pivot kind of back to helicopters. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Shit. I, don't, <laughs> uh, I know you said that, that. Uh, you can't find your radio anymore. So what right. are you going to do? Are you gonna well, I got this JR. One? I got yeah, this okay. JR. I'm probably going to stick with that for mm-hmm. the time being. I uh, keep looking. Uh, as you guys said, it's like on Optamian with the uh, uh, V-Control. Yeah. I'd like to get back into a V-Control. but um, you still have any Neos? Or? I do have a couple Neos, yeah. Um, I'll loan you my V Control Classic. 
Yeah. Extra one I'm not using. I use it to them, but whatever. Yeah, I used to. You know, I might take you up on that. I'd like to get one. I'd like to get one of the new touches, though. Yeah, but at least until you, until those become available, at least get yeah. you flying. Because you know well, how I got this, easy to kneel setups are there. You know, I got well, I've I, yeah, I've got these icons and I've got this JR radio. Yeah. I, I've got everything I need to get going. I, um, like I said, I bought a charger recently, and uh, it's got those uh, ISDT chargers. We actually used uh, some of the smaller ones for charging right. radio batteries with uh, Skyfish, but. Um, yeah, I just, what I need to do is, um, dust everything off and, and, yeah. and get the, the six years of, or however long it's been of, uh, crust and nastiness off my nitro parts and get those motors rebuilt and, uh, get back into that. But, uh, it's going to happen. I'm going to get an electric going first. I still have, I, I need to get some batteries. I've got some batteries that are probably no good anymore. I don't know. They might have a little enough life in them just to kind of get yeah, back. Get them up, right? Sure. Yeah. But uh, probably not a lot, not left in those. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I suspect, I don't know. I'm hoping we'll get the paint done downstairs so I can really move in down there this week and um, should have something flying in a week or two. But uh, uh, we'll go from there. I, I know that uh, there's a, you guys may recognize the name, um, RC Bound or Colton. Uh, he worked for Skyfish. He's pretty active in the community for some time. He was trying to get me back into flying a couple of years ago. And so I had him, uh, I kind of made him a deal and I kind of backed out on it. I, uh, I said, all right, you take one of my helis home and get it ready to fly. And then I'll go flying with you. And I never went flying. (laughs) Does he still have your heli then? No, I have it here. I have it here. But what I don't have is the radio that he'd set up with it. Uh, don't know where the hell that is, you know, because I had three 14 SGs and you might remember the one that I talked about several times, the one that's got uh, when my hand was messed up and I couldn't use. Right. So it has the uh, kind of the um, Curtis Youngblood stick on it there. Um, I have that one and I had two other regular ones and uh, none of which I can find. So somewhere it might be in many storage somewhere. We got to go through all that shit. Yeah. For most of my heli stuff. One these days, but yeah, but you most got enough, like you said, to get a, get a heli in the air. So sure. Yep. Awesome. Yep, I'll be able to get that done, and probably gonna get you know, I probably gonna get a plane too, just for shits and giggles. I did enjoy flying some like extra three hundred. I enjoyed that. I don't know. Not I like a, crashing them. Yeah, they're fun. The crash, man, it's uh, pretty impressive when you. Uh, I just love the planker's eyes when they see you crash. <laughs> I like the plank size. That's the impressive you, part. I like the, the planker size when you start flying a helicopter right off the flight line. They 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 pucker up. Yeah. It's cool. my my plankers have seen me enough fly helicopters at my club that like it doesn't impress them to, anymore. Yeah, they're used but to. But when I like come down like inches off the floor of a knife edge, uh, you know, coming down and it you know tumbles and now it's just like a bunch of parts and I'm yeah. laughing and having a great time. They're like, oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> Trust yeah. you, okay? I'm like, yeah, whatever. Step on it. Oops. <laughs> you know? They're like, oh my God. Yeah. See, I love seeing their faces when I show up to the planker field. And they're like, oh yeah, my name's so and so. I'm, you know, you know, I, I do this for the club and I'm pulling out helis and you just see his whole demeanor change. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't like that, do they? I remember Ooh. back in the day when I first started flying at the field there in uh, Victor back home. 
they, you know, they're a good group of guys, I guess. But I remember one of the first few times I was flying there, they had like three or four guys standing next to me and I started flying and I wasn't really paying attention to them. And when I flew, uh, landed six or so minutes later, every one of them was about 25 steps back at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like that particular day. It's like after I got done, each time I got done flying, I just do a quick look over my shoulder and you see the two old plankers like lean up, you know, they were talking shit about me in flight. So it's like, yeah, I just, I I just went with it. I thought it was comical. So they hate it when you don't fly the pattern. They hate that. That drives them crazy. (laughs) They just they can't wrap their head around that. I'm lucky. I found a club in Virginia that it's all plankers, but they like open arm welcome me and like yeah. They they every time I fly they're like oh great flight and all that stuff. Like I don't know how you do any of that stuff and I'm like I don't know how to do it either. You know? <laughs> well, that's that's a good sign because a lot what a lot of these clubs don't understand when they, you know they they're a dying breed the clubs are dying right so they need fresh blood they need these younger guys that uh, played video games for the first 10 years of their lives and became world champions at 12 years old yeah the median age at the club is like 60 i think yeah Yeah. maybe it might be more it's fun down here dan because uh in florida these guys are retired they got money and they come out one weekend they smash the plane they're back out with another brand new one next weekend and it's flying away it's it's never a dull moment down (laughs) here it's hysterical (laughs) and then i came out i came out and um you know it's it's just a typical planker club and it's fun i mean there's some guys that 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 should learn to keep their mouth shut but um yeah, I came out, brought helicopters. I I was doing pretty good with that, and I said, "Man, I'm." And then they had a swap meet, and I bought, I bought uh, actually a newer extra three hundred from one of the guys for a hundred bucks, and I th- I took. He wanted the receiver, so I was like, "I don't care. I'm just gonna throw a regular receiver in there anyway." And man, I came out with that thing. They were like, "Oh, you're gonna fly that without safe and all this stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, what the hell? I'm gonna see what the plane can do, man." And I threw down with that plane, and they were like, "All right, we're leaving." Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's the olive branch. I did the same thing at my club. Um, yeah, they were they were excited that I bought a plane, <clears throat> and I did buy a trainer. But I quickly, very quickly, grew bored of that trainer. Like so, literally within a a day or two of flying it. Yeah. So I bought an extra three hundred, and and they were, oh, are you you sure? And I'm like. <laughs> Dude, it's a plane. It wants to fly. Like a helicopter doesn't want to fly. It wants to crash. Uh, right. So, you know, planes want to fly. They're pretty damn easy to fly. Uh, obviously, you can make them complicated. Uh, you, you get into the competition right. stuff. But you know, just general sport flying, they they just that's what they want to do. And, you know, they just do it very effortless, effortlessly. Helicopters don't do that effortlessly. Yeah. Yeah, you right? Can- yeah. Constantly looking for the closest path, least least path of resistance. Right, <laughs> they're looking to find their way to the ground. Yeah, but it's like you can look away from your airplane flying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a helicopter, you look away. Oh shoot, it's a new. So plane. you know, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because I I was thinking back just the other day to when I was taking lessons from Todd Bennett um, when he was. I don't know if he still does that thing where he goes and uh, teaches groups of four or five folks, but that's one of the things that he makes you do. Like he'll, he'll put you up in the air at one side of the field at several hundred feet and he'll tell you to put it in forward flight. And then he'll say, look away. 
and he said, don't, and he don't look back until I tell you to look back. And, and it's really nerve wracking, but he makes you oh, do that. God. And, and then once you come back, he said, helicopter still doing the same thing, isn't it? Not a big deal. Just let it go. Uh, yeah, that's, thanks for giving me the, the pucker factor there. <laughs> Todd, I appreciate <laughs> Todd, it. No doubt. One thing about Todd, if you guys, ever, if he does still does it and you ever get a chance to take his class, I highly suggest it. He, he really is good at tackling uh, the mind aspect of flying helicopters. Because um, really that's the biggest barrier to advancing your, your flying. It's that mental state. And um, he's, he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve to help you understand that that mental aspect of flying can be conquered um uh, and learning you know learning how to step out of your out of your comfort zone but in a very controlled fashion uh learning your bailouts understanding where you know if it gets into a position what do you need to do to bail out of this position and nine times out of ten it's just let go of the sticks right let everything come back to neutral right, right. let everything settle down uh I you might I be still remember that from when you we might had be on inverted the show. You might be heading towards the ground, but if you go back to neutral, things are going to settle down. It's going to give you some time to think. Right. And that's the kind of stuff that he's really good at helping you get, get over. Um, that in itself is worth the time that you get to spend with him. Um, plus, he lets you, you know, you, you tell him what it is you want to learn, and he takes you up to 300 feet and um, says, here's how you do it. Make it happen. And uh, it's quite fun. He's he's a very good instructor. If you ever get a chance to take lessons, if he's still doing it, I don't. I have no idea. I don't think uh, he is actually. Yeah, last I heard. Yeah, he's an old man. You know, he was old. He's an old man back when I was not so old. Now I'm an old man. And he's an even older man. <laughs> <laughs> when you're done with his course, though, do you need an emotional support dog or something like that? If you're uh, if you're a snowflake PTSD. issue, <laughs> if you're snowflake, you know, if you if you yeah. can't. Oh, did I lose you guys? No, oh, no, it just froze up. Oh. Here. Uh, I'm back. Yeah. I think I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We haven't lost you. Uh. So yeah. Do you need an emotional support group after that? If you are snowflakeish, yeah. Because um, he he doesn't pull punches. Um, I really appreciated his style. To be honest with you, uh, some folks probably couldn't handle it. Uh, I remember Ed uh, Solizano. The, the, I talk, used to talk about him all the time on the show. He he was a little less able to handle it, although he got along with Todd really well and they they became really good friends. But um, he wasn't able to mentally um, handle he, the training. Yeah, he, you know he's a little <laughs> rough. Todd's a little rough around the edges with you, but I I thought it was fun. I thought you know he's funny. I thought you know and um, you know I, I don't want to say. Uh, you know, maybe it wasn't for everybody, but I think everybody should try it. Um, he just he just breaks it down to get yourself out of your way to, to help you understand that the machine's going to fly, right? Let everything relax and just let it happen. Yeah, good advice. We like I said, we had him on the show, and I I still can think of him t- saying, you know, neutral collective. You get in trouble, neutral collective out, and just you'll have time. <laughs> Yep. Everything slows down. Yep. Yeah. Everything slows down. Yeah. That's great. Great advice. I'm going to see if I can 
follow that advice here in a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right. Um, do we have more questions for Dan, or shall we move it onto our next section here? It's going to be a long show. You guys typically record this long? Yeah. Sometimes. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Let's move it on to Ian's tech tip. Oh, boy. Um, wait, wait. Week, Let uh, me mute my mic so I don't interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> we just did. Wow. <laughs> Damn it, Andy. All right. All right. figure Let's I'd do a little that. something on uh, center of gravity, or CG for short. Um, huh? A definition uh, of uh, CG uh, would... Uh, I got it from Google. It's a, a point in which weight of a body or system may consider to act... In uniform uh, gravity, it it is the same as the center of mass. Um, well, so do you understand what that means? Mm, I have an idea. <laughs> so, so bring bring it down to my level. Well, what does that mean? I don't understand really what that means. What we mean considered to act? What does that mean? Wow, put you on the spot. Damn. No. <laughs> this what happens every week. That's too. a dick move, dude. <laughs> um, I'm I'm open, Steve. Uh, what do you got? Ian, two uh, kids of the same weight on a teeter totter are gonna yes. have uniform gravity to the yeah. same center of mass, which would be the middle of the teeter totter. Can I ask a question real quick? I'm dying to hear this question. Yeah. Ian, why do you pick a tech tip that you know absolutely nothing about? It's a great question. Very good question. I, I do know something about. I it just doesn't didn't sound know like how to put it. the definition into words. Okay. But the tech okay. tip, um, as far oh, as center gravity and helicopters. Help. What do yeah. we do? Well, the idea is to get, you know, the center of gravity to you know balance to a certain point uh which typically on our machines it's uh at the at the main shaft why do we balance our machines you know you know sometimes they can be tail heavy i've seen models be nose heavy extremely nose heavy um why is it you know why why do we balance them well to get them to handle more properly in the air uh i mean to perform better i mean i've had models before that they just Oh, it's like my Blade 500X. Let's face it, that thing was nose heavy as, as can be. Um, so essentially what we're doing is we're trying to, you know, just do little subtle things to correct the CG on it. Uh, one thing I did find, uh, you can it, it can vary as far as, uh, you know, to balance your machines. Is, it can be as easy as moving your battery forward or backward to find that perfect balance between, you know, whether it's, you know, tail heavy or nose heavy. Um, I've even had to move electronic components to get, you know, the CG somewhat close to being spot on. I mean, I've, I've had two models that I can literally balance on the, on the button on the main rotor head, you know, without anything to prop it or hold it up. Um, I've even had to change out, you know, battery sizes can even make a difference uh, as far as, you know, the weight of the battery. Um, so for, we're talking about CG forward and aft, right? Like front and back of the helicopter? That's correct. Okay. What about nitros? Because, I mean, electrics are pretty easy. You got a huge battery. You can move slide forward and back to kind of 
help with the CG, but Nitro's, you're kind of settled on. Like, yeah, you're kind of limited. And stuff. So what um, do you do for? Well, for, for Nitro's, um, well, for example, like uh, I've got, really the only thing you can do is maybe, you know, smaller battery or, or even a bigger battery. Um, if you really have to, if you don't have anything that you can like, uh, say if it's a little too tail heavy, which is kind of, eh, you can always, uh, with any machine, if you don't have any options to move, uh, something to correct that CG, you can always add a little bit of epoxy with like, you know, some like BBs or something for, for like your BB gun. And that's if you've got the room in the canopy. I've heard of that done, and I do believe I heard that on RCHN on one of those episodes. Um, I've even, uh, it's like on my NX4. Um, the CG, it's going to be close. Um, I've actually balanced that one on the actual, you know, if I was to flip it upside down, I can actually balance it on the button. Um I can't remember if it's got fuel. I mean, it's it just depends if it's got fuel or not. You know how it's CG'd, but I've actually moved the switch glow into a, a different position to actually get it pretty close. Um, so with, I, I know you kind of mentioned why. Um, what does a tail heavy helicopter perform like? What does it do with having bad CG? Like, how do you know you have bad CG? Um, you don't like going typically to if there's like. Well, for example, one of the biggest things, um, it's like I've had a model that was extremely nose heavy. I think it was because, uh, well, for example, the the Blade 500X, it came stock with uh, a 2900 milliamp 6S battery. And I had wanted a little more flight time, so I stepped it up to like a 33. Well, even the 29 was nose heavy. I mean, I've stuck a 29 in there, and it's still... You can hold the the machine up by the rotor head to where it's you know kind of on its side like you're doing a TikTok you know aileron TikTok, and you can just see that nose just immediately dip. Um, so typically, um, when I would do like loops or any you know you know with my skill set you know I was doing a say if I was to do a loop, it wouldn't even do it just a smooth you know transition into the loop where it's going in into inverted at the top. It would just do like a flip and just come right down it was it didn't handle very good at all um and i would say uh as far as doing like pirouettes you would see a lot of drifting as far as the cg being off that's when i see it yeah pirouetting would be where you would see instantly start seeing like some kind of little bit of a wobble Mm -hmm. Well, I see as soon as I turn 180, the model's going backwards if the CG's, you know, tail heavy. Yeah, and that's some of the, the really the best reasons to uh, CG your model. I mean, to get, you know, get it as close as possible to, you know, being damn near perfect. Uh, not to mention, you know, it takes a lot of load off of, uh, you know, the work that your, you know, your fly barless is already doing. Um, what are some, uh, stuff that you guys have, uh, have done? I mean, I've, I've gone as far as, you know, switching out batteries and stuff and, uh, battery placement. I'll let you know when I do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I don't my, often CG my, my one model set up good. The Oxy five is really good. The six ninety, I was flying larger batteries, and I've I've been dwindling my battery stock down. So I'm on to smaller batteries right now. So that's why it's going back slightly, but I'm still flying it. Yeah. Um. More recently, I've been trying to keep my CG on point. Oh, look like Dan left. Um, primarily just because I've noticed, like now I'm starting to notice when the CG is off on a machine. Um, previously I wasn't able to tell if, like flying if the CG was off or it was just me being off. Right. 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 Um, but as I'm like getting better and like linking my maneuvers together, I'm starting to notice where like, well, I didn't give it an input. Why is that happening? And I've been finding a lot of times, like as I pirouetting, She's so off that it like wobbles the heli, or like it lean, like you're saying, it leans back the heli if mm-hmm. it's tail heavy, um, which causes you know the maneuver for me to have to make a correction, which then obviously you know it looks it looks stupid, right? It looks it looks messy in the air. So um, that's where I've been starting to notice CG differences. So I've been trying to CG my helis a little bit more um, more accurately these days, especially the electrics because they're so easy to do, right? You just slide your battery back and forth into find the spot, and then you basically tape it down there. So. Right. And then some, I mean, like I said, there are some models, it's just a little bit more difficult, especially like your classic goblins, you know, the OGs. Um, some of those were, you know, they are a little on the tail heavy side, but you know, the, there still are ways to kind of get that really close. Yeah. It's a big tail heavy heli, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, either way, they still perform pretty decently, but that is one of the big things with those. Um, so yeah, if, uh, anybody else has anything, you know, else they do differently, uh, just shoot me a message. Let me know. I had, uh, I had a, I had a gasser that I had to put over a half pound of lead weights in the nose. Damn oh, shit. It was a Bergen intrepid extended boom. It was designed to carry a payload, a camera up front. And, um, uh, I actually had to use those one ounce lead tire weights. <laughs> oh my God. Somewhere, somewhere I have a picture of it. You can just see them stacked. It's, it was over a half a pound. I remember that. It's pretty, that, that craft though, that thing was, geez, I want to say 25 pounds all up when it was ready to go. Wow. Massive. That is awesome. It was a huge helicopter. Huge. What size blades did you run? A50s. Wow. Wow. At uh, six or seven, eight hundred RPM. Somewhere in there. Oh, shit. Jeez. Yeah. Sweet. That sounded cool. <laughs> it did. It yeah, sounded sorry. really cool. Yeah. Once you got it, well, at Zenoa. Well, I can't. It, it was it was a Zenoa, but I can't remember the at the time you had the two competing uh, aftermarket guys, and I cannot remember their names. Uh, someone out there. GRM. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And. Uh, the stock mufflers were just anno- annoying, so it's hard to hear the blade over that. But when you could get into a position where all you could hear was the blades, it sounded like a real helicopter flying above you. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Heavy as hell, though. Didn't. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I forgot who I was talking to. I think it was uh, Darren Weens from Canada. Um, we were talking about Velos, I believe, and oh. like they're on like their V3, but I think they're they're, they're more done. focused on drones and stuff yeah they're done 
Are they? Um, I saw one. I saw an, uh, Battles 880 at uh, Spring Fling. Is that <laughs> the one with the two motors? Yeah. Yeah, two yeah. Seven hundred power setup. Oh, man, we got in a lot of trouble for talking smack about that machine back in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about yeah. all you want. It's just gone anyway. It's not a company that doesn't really build an RC. Yeah, because they, I mean, I don't think they're in the RC market. I think they're more focused. Or some shit or drones, yeah. Yeah, that's what they're doing. But they, they, stay, they still use the same platform from what we saw on the website. But, yeah, the thing is freaking huge. Yeah. Uh, we actually had one here locally. Um and it, it didn't i mean it was big I, don't get me wrong but that's too much <laughs> the one that's been playing i never took off all i know is it's pulled up it was like it sounded like 400 percent head speed with like 100 percent game because it was like going back and forth making that noise i'm like holy shit shut that shit down i'm going back with the tail wagging and making that crazy noise because the head speed was just wah, screaming, and the tail was screaming back and forth. Oh, after well, that that's was what mode. That's when when Dan mentioned, uh, you know, that large helicopter that he was talking about doing 800 head speed. I was curious about the tail because I mean, I can do 900 with the 690 yeah, but you and no still tail, fly right? around, but it you the it's squishy. It's like really squishy, and. Uh, yeah, but we were using. I mean, I can't remember how big the tail blades on that were, but there was a lot of tail blade there. I can't even remember. Yeah, and it, it, and it was it, manufactured for that. Yeah, the yeah. tail may have, was probably geared for that. Yeah, I can't speed. remember the ratio, but it was. Um, well, that boot. It was. I don't. Aren't, is Bergen even the thing anymore? I know they started making multi rotors. Uh, oh, not in helis. Yeah. Huh. That brings back some memories. That God, that was an expensive machine. <laughs> Holy shit. The airframe alone was like twenty five hundred dollars. I don't know. What's the other ones they used to talk about? Oh, the Kasama. Yeah. Yeah. That thing was a work of art, man. It was like a. It was beautiful. It was like kind of like the Avant. Did that ever come around? The Avant. I think I've seen one or two of those, but oh, it came and gone. <laughs> yeah, that no. doesn't surprise me. But um, I'm still around though. You'll still uh, see those. I think there's still a Kasama group on Facebook. Like there's a dedicated group sure. of folks that are handling. It's a, a UK thing, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I can see them over there, definitely. But that thing was beautiful. It was like um, put it together, never fly it, and put it on the copy table. You know, it was just like a work of art. It was way over engineered, but it was amazing. Super expensive. Yeah. Well, not mm-hmm. by today's standards, though. Come to think of it, I think that airframe was sixteen hundred dollars, and now airframes are creeping up into the thirteen. Hundred dollar yeah, range, thousand. They're, they're back down now. Oh, like about eight hundred. Seven hundreds or eight hundred dollars. Well, thousand. Some of them are thousand with um, blades. Yeah, and if you get super fancy, I mean, you're talking like what sixteen, seventeen hundred for like your uh, your Maverick, your your Urukai Kraken. Yeah, but those are like. 800, watch, 760 <clears throat> purpose build yeah. kind of F3C type machines. We're talking about, if you're talking about 3D helis, um, you know, that your your 1500s are going to be like your your Diablos, you know, like those mm-hmm. those models are probably the only ones that are around that price range these days. I think more of them are trying to hit that 1000 ish mark or under to make it more affordable and and kind of keep drawing people into it. So, right. 
Okay. So, Let's keep this. Well, Ian, are you going to tell folks how to check the CG of their model, or are they just supposed to Oh, know? yeah. Um, well, he kind of went into it, right? Kind of holding yeah, it up. Yeah, mentioned it briefly. Oh. Did he? Yeah. Oh, um, I wasn't listening. One of the ways you can talk to it is just <laughs> pick it up by the rotor head, hold it like you're doing an aileron TikTok, and see if that nose dips or if the tail dips. Um, you just you hold it one pick, way like that? Yeah, do you have the tail this way or the tail this way? Because it does matter. Mmm. You guys might have to enlighten me on that one because I've even picked it up level with the blades, you know, going. Uh, you have a one-way bearing in there, so it's only going to go one way. Right. You got to check way. tail right and tail left. Yep. You sure you know about this topic? I, I know quite a bit. I mean, I've I've done my own CG. Could have fooled me. I mean, Dang. <laughs> Savage. Yeah. Too. Yeah. All right. You good, Lee? You good, Ian? Yeah, I'm good. You good, okay. Andy? No. Nah, I don't think so. Okay, let's keep moving on. All right, <laughs> let's move to news and announcements. All right, let's do some news. And? Announcements. Okay, what do we have? Well, you know, my favorite airplane manufacturer, Flex Innovations, mm. yeah. has come out with a new model. It's a QQ Yak 5510E Super Plug and Play. And I'm probably going to get one of these when they come out. It's pre-order now. Uh, but it's cool. It's um, the 10E, so it's like that 50, was it 57, 58-inch wingspan. It's a Yak. It's like a the typical yak. Flex Innovations EPO hollow foam with the plywood frame and the fuselage. Um, looks pretty cool. Uses a 12 by 5E lightweight wood propeller, which I like. And the thing that's kind of selling me on this, other than I've always wanted a Yak, and I never, I've had Edges, Extras, Sukhois, Beavers, Cubs, all that stuff, but I've never had a Yak. But the coolest thing that I find is they are now doing a 6S setup on here. And it uses a 13 yeah. to 1800 milliamp hour battery, which I already have a bunch of those for 380s. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So instead of having to fool around with the 3 or 4S batteries, I can just use my helicopter batteries. It seems like that's the same size battery in the uh, the Mamba that I just flew last week. Is it 6S? That's 6S2, yeah. Okay. The, okay. the new version. It probably is. It's probably the same setup. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's, um, where did it say? It had like a 800, 600 kV motor. 100 kV, yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do the night setup one? Yes. Yeah, I think I'm going to get the pink night one. Night version with the lights inside. The pink one? Sure. Okay. Only you can fly a pink plane, Andy. Get away with it. Extremely sure, visible. I don't know, man. With the pink raw and just people flying pink Kellys down. I don't know. What I are, have a prediction. I have a prediction, Andy, that this plane that you will get ETA June will be in the air before someone else I know who has an original. Oh, Q-Q no doubt. Flying. <laughs> you can put. You can get this in the air, and I'd say thirty minutes. Maybe yep. an hour if you what? take your time and eat a snack in between. Well, it's two hours if me and Mike D do it. <laughs> yeah, but that's you and Mike D. 
Yeah. yeah. One of us should have been like, it would have took you an hour if you did it by yourself. <laughs> exactly what we were saying. Cause I was reading the instructions and he wasn't, he was just putting it together. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Now that's you had to we take it put back apart and put it back together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, he was putting it together. I was taking it back apart. <laughs> two monkeys trying to do something over there. Yeah. Um, Price is three twenty nine ninety nine to three fifty nine ninety nine, depending on whether you get the night version or whatever. I think the yeah the night is three fifty nine. They have a red and pink, day or night. So yeah, kind of resembles a Sukhoi in a way too. Yeah, that, 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 that style. It looks yeah, just, the round yeah, shoes looks just like a yak. Looks like a yak in a way. Yeah. It's forty six point two inch in length, forty seven inch wingspan, eleven hundred ninety six millimeters. Uh, weighs fifty three point five ounces, or fifteen hundred fifteen grams, with a fifteen hundred success battery. And they're saying around five minutes flight time. So cool. go check it out, flexinnovations dot com. Cool. Um, nice. Shannon is carrying at Only Fine Helis is carrying a set of 3D printed canopy mounts for the XL Power Spectre V2. And these were designed yeah. and I guess made by Kenny Hutton. And he's using a some type of flexible kind of filament so that it, they're not brittle and they break. Um I don't That's know cool. anything about it, but it's cool to see stuff like this. It says the material is flexible, not brittle like other mounts, and allows the canopy to center well on the mount. And they also hold up very well in a crash. Yeah. I know Kenny's been kind of producing these for people here and there. So yeah. this is awesome that um, yeah, Shannon's been kind of bringing yeah, these into his shop. Yeah, go to a online retailer and purchase them, which is cool. Yep. Yeah, safety um, with Dan Renee Raw mm-hmm. uh, Nitro HD kit. Yeah. It's awesome that Shannon is supporting that. Yeah, it's 30 bucks for the set. Looks like the um, the mount and then the, the part that goes in your canopy and some washers. So, and I like the, can- the canopy mount to use. I may like have the, to, um... Yeah, I may have to get a set of these. Yeah, a few people have tried the, the different types of 3D printed mounts and I know one guy was using a resin printer and they just kept breaking. Like they were terrible. Yeah. Resin's brittle. Yeah. You can't use Too that. Brittle. Um, this looks like TPU or some kind of nylon, something to, yeah. that's flexible. Like he, that. Probably. He, flex. Yeah. And, and if he designed it correctly, which he did, it looks like it's, it's beefy enough in the correct places to kind of hold up. Right. Yeah. So good on him. Awesome. All right. What else do we got? Um, can plug Dieter Plays YouTube channel. Yep. Yep. It'll be in the news announcements if you want to click on that and support Dieter. Yeah. Give it a subscribe. The fun stuff. I'm going to tell him Dan Roblox. sent me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Everybody likes Roblox. I don't even really know yeah. what it is. It's a video game. The only thing I know about it. it is my kids play it constantly. They're always exactly. asking for these Robux. The Robux credits. Yep. Uh-huh. Which goes against everything I believe in. I, yes. I I cannot fucking stand you you paying for like game? a scr- well or 
they spend real money on like yeah. skins and these yeah. weird little add-ons and stuff. I, yeah. I hate that. Oh, I hate it. My kids ask me for that. I tell them to get lost. Spending <laughs> real money on ones and zeros, dude. Yeah, they're not getting. Any, you're not getting anything. No, get anything it's just tangible. Nothing. Yep, I hate that. I get it. Well, I mean, some can say that about a lot of things we do. But anyways, all right. Let's. Uh, you have anything else? I think that's it this week. Okay, let's move it on to what's next for you in the hobby. Who'd like to go first? What's next? I'll go first. You, Kevin. Yeah. I'm going to try and get out to the field this weekend. It looks like Saturday's going to be better mm-hmm. than Sunday. Nice. And I got a, I got a few things to do around the house. That's it, man. Hellies are still flying. They're in good shape. Still got to look for some batteries. But I don't care. Next lipo. Got to maybe order a set. What are you going to be doing, Ian? Um, me, um, um, is not an answer. How many times have I told gonna you going to be, um, uh, working as always, uh, oh. this weekend I'll be on discord and, uh, I also need to get some wrenching done. Uh, I want to meet up with, uh, Keith and a couple of the other local guys this week and try to get some flights in. I went ahead and I'm not doing any doubles this weekend. It's good. You know, it's going to be awesome. Nice. I'm not Let's even going to know what to do with myself. Uh, yeah. I'm going to, <clears throat> I'm taking Saturday morning off, going to go to the field, fly, and then uh, Keith, he's usually off on Sunday, so it's like I'll work, you know, Sunday morning, and then I'll just meet up with him in the evening and knock out some flights. Uh, one of the local guys, you know, he, he just broke. You know, built a brand new 700. He says he's, you know, he's been out of the hobby for a minute. He kind of wants us to like look it over and make sure everything's all good. So we're gonna meet up with him so he can do the maiden, get him flying again. And I'm sure it's all gonna come right back up to him and everything. But um, yeah, I think it's been like a good month and some change since I've you know really done any flying. So yeah, hopefully uh, I don't. Fly a little too rough, so that's about all I've got going. Are you gonna beat the crap out of your helis on that first flight? Yeah, man. I, I I usually do. Beat the shit out of that thing. Yeah. Sure. I I, I am not nice to the seven hundred when I remember I've... who's boss, huh? Yeah, I try to make it say my name I, as long as it just doesn't end in pieces, and I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> 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 if, if your heli says your name, you've probably got a bad bearing or a belt bad or something. Cause, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Uh, I guess I could go. Yeah, go for it. Um. Yeah. So this weekend, I'm actually not going to be flying. Um. Oh, man. Yeah. Saturday, I have a, a Comic-Con to go to. My daughter wants to go to Comic-Con, and there's one in Virginia Beach. So we're going nice. to do that one Saturday. Cool. And then Sunday uh, morning, I take a Amtrak train up to Brooklyn, so up to New York City. Um, I'm gonna be there for a week for work, so I'm gonna be back in Brooklyn from Sunday to Friday, and I take a train back Friday morning. So yeah, definitely next weekend I'm gonna be flying, but this also means I'm not gonna be on next week's episode. We'll oh, spit man. it on the street for me, Steve. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> spit on it, you know. Take Kevin hates. Well, these to some folks, you know, 
rip people off. Gotta gotta get my, you know. So you're not gonna be able to show attitude back, you know. You're not gonna be able to show next week. You said. No, I'm not gonna lug my stuff, and I won't. I won't have time. Right. Tuesday, I'm gonna be busy, so I gotta. The whole my job has like basically gatherings and things to do all all cool. week. I might go see Doctor Strange, so we'll talk about that. Oh, I saw that last. I week. saw it too. Spoilers. That's, that's our that's our episode next week. All right, and cool. I saw okay. the Batman, Kevin, so we can talk about that. Too. Yeah, I seen the that Batman. One. Okay, I didn't see that one, but oh, that's strange, dude. Oof. Yeah, Batman that's, was uh, pretty good. I can't wait to listen to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Andy. Uh, I might work on this Haley a little bit more, but probably not. I got a busy couple days doing some corn planting. So, I don't know. We'll see. Probably nothing for me, as usual. Yeah, I just put in three more screws in it. Yeah, I might okay. solder the bullets on the ESC. Mm-hmm. Call it a day. <laughs> Get some floss on one on, on wire here and there. Yeah. You know how you connect those ESC wires, right? You put them all in order the way you think it should be, and then you flip two of them. Yep. Right. That always works. Right. Yeah, I said I'm, that last week. Well, too. I'm putting the YGE on this, so that could seriously be a problem. I'm gonna have to check the rotation. I'm used to the You're hobby wing to. where I just hit a button and it changes. Why don't YGE have that? Come on, get it together. They should add one thing that. at a time. Should add By that. the time you're ready to fly that, they'll have that update out for you. They should. Right. Well, they maybe they will if I bitch about it enough. You know, I I complained <laughs> and complained about their their. Uh, auto rotation bailout, and then no then, one even heard you complain. By the time I got that, back, they the updated it, and it added it. So right, maybe somebody yeah, heard they me. added it because they have three C. No, <laughs> it's because I bitched about it for sure. two days. Keep thinking that. <laughs> That's what I think. See, uh-huh. Kevin agrees with me. Yeah, I agree. Kevin with knows. <laughs> oh man. Well, what's Dan going to be up to? Yeah, I don't know. Porn and Cheetos. Nice. <laughs> Cheetos, hopefully in that order. He's got to stare feel at those helis the other way around. Days. A bit nasty. Blow <laughs> the dust off those helis. I hope, yeah, I hope to get that uh, my little dungeon set up this week and uh, start getting some helis going. I got uh, a lot of family out here that uh, new to me, family in laws, I guess, that are anxious to see these helis fly. So nice, cool, nice. yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. That's all of us. Uh, do we have any listener pipeline? Yes, we have a couple just came in uh, tonight. Oh, boy. Oh, no. A few minutes ago. Uh, hey, free fall guys. What's going on? Steve in sunny South Florida calling. How are y'all doing? Golly, guys, so much to say, but so such a little bit of time to do it in. First of all, saw Mike D a week ago. It just doesn't get any better than seeing the planker at my planker field. That was, uh, that was real good seeing you, Mike. Come on back again sometime soon when you can't stay quite so long. Uh, Kevin Testron. Or, sorry, Mr. Kevin. Uh, yeah, you know. I got some show notes I gave this guy earlier today, and I hope that he uses them. A lot of information to pass along. Kevin, I gotta say, man, congratulations on passing the trust aeronautical education and certification required by the FAA. I'm sure Kevin talked about that, and perhaps your guest hosts macked it around a little bit, so uh, some good information there. 
Uh, Mike D and Kevin came over to the house. They had dinner one night. Uh, I required them to check their cell phones in as they walked in the door because, uh, got a lot of top secret stuff here. Don't need them to be taking pictures all around the, uh, Which the I assembly anyway. area. It's almost like at NASA, at the Kennedy Space Center. There's so many things coming together all at one time. And I might okay. say that this weekend there'll be a few new flying machines, oh which uh, I, I can't talk much about Cut that right now. Off. It's on kind of a need-to-know basis, and y'all don't need to know. Andy, I hope you're back. It's just not quite the same without you. These guys trying to kind of pull things together, and uh, uh, I think most of these guys could not scratch their ass with a handful of fish hooks if you gave them the opportunity. But, Andy, <laughs> man, you're the anchor man. Hopefully you're the back. You're kind of like the hub of the wheel. Tying it all together. Anyway, that's it. Yeah, you heard it, Andy. Fuck off. <laughs> You've got it all wrong. Kevin's the Kevin's the no. Andy prove, is the hub. No, I'll prove him wrong. I can scratch my ass with fish hooks. I'll be right back. Oh boy. <laughs> Shut that camera off. <laughs> all right, here's Come another on one. Hey guys, Steve calling from sunny South Florida. How in the world are y'all doing? I hope y'all are doing great. Hey, I just came back from the flying field. It's... Oh, I just had to, uh, I meant to pause it. These voicemails came in two minutes apart. <laughs> I just thought I should share that. I didn't think it hey was a phone. Hey, guys, Steve calling from sunny South Florida. How in the world are y'all doing? I hope y'all are doing great. Hey, oh, I yeah, just so came back from, got the flying from the field. flying field. It's Tuesday, field. Uh, late afternoon or early evening. It was a little bit gusty. Between 15 to 20 miles an hour, the breeze was really kicking it. But uh, what a great time to be in South Florida. I don't know exactly what's going on, guys, but uh, I just wanted to find out what is new with y'all. And I, I was very happy to be able to see Mr. Steve Yoon at one time, Yada Steve. But we're not, I'm not going to go there and get into that. Uh, I saw him at the spring flame. Man, that guy was throwing it down. Also had a chance to see the one and only the legend, Mr. Bill Ann. He kind of made the whole event. Everybody was trying to get a piece of him. Come over here, Bill. Okay, roll the video, man. I, I got to have you take a picture or two. So he was really working his way around. Uh, also saw BK Hobby's team. Had a chance to talk to quite a few of them. I'll specifically say Gucci. That guy, you never know where he's going to appear, what time he's going to get there, but he was there. I got to say a special thanks to Mark Federoff, if he's listening. Mark showed me something kind of top secret that he designed for the back of his SUV to be able to stack things in, package them up, and I'm going to steal a few of his tips and tricks in the very near future as I prepare for some other events this year. Awesome flights at the Spring Fling. Man, it was really, what a great time that was, and Mr. Ninja himself. Joe, what a great job you did putting it all together. So that's my second time at the Spring Fling. Was there last year. Looking forward to doing it again soon. Guys, what are y'all thinking about doing next as far as going to uh, events coming up? Andy, you're going to make it to the ditch in Birmingham. It's, uh, what, mid-June? I sure hope I might see you there because I think I'm going to be there. And I think the weekend after that, there's perhaps an F3C competition somewhere right outside of Nashville, Tennessee, maybe around Murfreesboro. And last and, and certainly not least, don't forget the Free Fall RC podcast. I want to say summer event coming up in the very last weekend of July. Looking forward to seeing you guys again soon. I hope all is well. Did I mention I may have a few new flying things up in the air this weekend? Good Take Lord. care, guys. It just goes on and on, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
shit. Uh, thanks, Steve. I don't think I'll be at Birmingham, but maybe. I don't know. Probably not. I don't think I'm going to make that one. He wants to say the fly f- could be my next one. He wants to say the free fall event is in summer. Yeah, July is probably the middle of summer, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's in summer. Yeah. It is in the heart of summer. It's going to be Can't get there. much more summer than that. Nope. Yep. All right. Is that it, Andy? Yep. That's it. Okay. Mm. Let's wrap it up. All right. Okay. Yeah, Facebook likes. Enough. We are at 1,397 likes. That's plus one this week or I don't know since the last time we did this um which was actually 1297 so we lost one and gained one so we have Nick Musco thanks Nick Nick only one yeah sorry I meant to say Nick he came out at Nick (laughs) all right Facebook comments what do we got uh we got some comments on Ian's post of us Mm. As the guys from The Hangover, which I got to say, Ian, this is quite the picture. <laughs> you did a really good job on this one. That is everybody one looks ugly like, ass baby. Everybody looks like they belong there. <laughs> Even Andy. Yep. Oh, uh, shit. Darren Weens, Wines, whatever. He said, okay. Oh, that's a, an awesome pick. Sorry, Darren. Weens. Wines? <laughs> I don't remember. Um, Jimmy Tate. Acur RC, Beta, Alpha, Greg Ringle, LOL. Jimmy Tate, dude, what sim? Had to ask twice. I mean, help a brother out here. Uh, Ian said, any sim you want to run? Is it Jimmy Tate up there in Pennsylvania somewhere? Yep. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's running around Philly. Philly, Philly. Oh, okay. Jimmy Tate said, see you tonight. Okay. I'm trying to find Dan some friends. (laughs) <laughs> there were there were no comments on the last episode, the break. Just a couple shares. Because I wasn't here. Right. That's not the reason. No one complaining. No one complaining. <laughs> All right. Is that it for uh, Facebook comments? Wait a minute. On the uh, Discord server. Oh, we got list we, things, don't we? We oh, dropped. No, uh, did we read this, Dan? Bell Belregon, Baller 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 Region. Said, oh, I know who this is. What? Thank thanks for the kids' words, Steve. Uh, I think you meant kind words. Yeah. Had a great time last weekend. Hope to see you at Spring Fling. Yeah, he's uh he's one of the club members. Uh, that new he's a new club member that joined. Um, probably around the same time I joined this club, or maybe he was a member before me. But um, he flew helicopters and yeah. He actually does flight tests. He he's oh nice know, yeah. So him and his son both flew. His son won something at Spring Fling too off the raffle table. I remember seeing his son's picture in um and one of the auction photos. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. We should have him on yeah. the show talk about flight tests. Did you guys Shit. do these uh, yeah. listener posts from last week on Facebook? No. No, we, we had did. listener posts from last week. There's one big long one here, but I don't know if we should read it. It's pretty mean. Oh, the Cliff one. I don't know what's wrong with Cliff. <laughs> yeah, he was tripping. I think we mentioned this, right? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. We mentioned this, did and you? that's that's okay. kind of the reason why uh, Ian did such a great tech tip last uh, Oh, yeah, it was about, a good uh, one. About fuel, what is it? 
Fuel tubing. Fuel tubing. Two in a row. Mm, yeah. AKA up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we got next? Some no Facebook know. listener posts, website comments. You got any website comments, Andy? No. Do we even have a website anymore? Yes. I don't know. I haven't updated. <laughs> All right. So no website comments. No. Yeah. People Podbean. Well, people Podbean. We had a shit ton of stuff going on on Podbean. Oh boy, you got some comments too. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going back. Helly man liked uh 320 followed fun. Stephen O'Connor started following us. JD69 Ringer started following us. Mike Welch liked episode 324 The Break. Hope Mike's doing good. Talk to Mike. My Star 60 liked episode 316. I don't know. Tim Tim Tideback also liked uh 324 The Break. So did Bare Metal Fabrication. So did Steve Wattenberg, who also liked episode 323, Hangover, and 322, All by Myself. And so did Alan Jenkins, liked all three of those, 322, 323, and 324. So thanks for the likes, guys. Awesome. And we got some comments. So we'll go back five days ago. Uh, Raccoon2789 says, Kevin, I'm very sorry for your loss, and even though it's hard to admit, Know that you and your family gave the best life your little dog Penny could have had. I had a 10-year-old German Shepherd who traumatically passed away with a twisted stomach, GVD. Ooh. I heard those are terrible. When they you are. That. Yeah. Um, uh, who passed away on my arms despite my uh, resuscitative efforts. Nevertheless, she would always be uh, like my daughter. On another note, thank you for all the informa- um, informative content of the podcast and keeping this great, uh, stimulating, fun hobby alive. Uh, Rafa Quinones. Thanks. Yeah, thank Thanks, you. Rafa, I mean, for sharing that, man. Dude, that happened like almost three weeks ago now, and my wife and I are still like holding okay. back tears talking to each other on the phone. It's terrible, man. Yeah. Uh, just, and she's like, I don't know if I even want to come down there, blah, 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 because she's not down to dogs. I'm like, listen, just like me, you got to freaking get over it. You know, you got to. Right. Got to come to grips with it. Yep. yep. Um, Shit happens. Okay. And then, but thank uh, you. Next... Thanks for those words. Yep. Uh, okay. So next comment here, uh, Richard Five or Richard V, I want to say, said, fantastic episode with Todd. <laughs> Funny. Talk about Todd uh-huh. Bennett. Um, <laughs> did he ever do another episode with you guys? Uh, so this is for episode 85, Back to School with Todd Bennett. I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think we did so. another one. No. Yeah. We had talked to him. Yeah, but, it was just uh, hard to get our schedules together. We just kind of never was able to sync up after that. But uh, let's see. One day ago, Tim Titleback said, I'll try to take it easy on the first few flights after taking breaks. It's too easy to want to get back into the groove of hard flights, but it's a good idea to hit up the basics first and get warmed up. I end up planting it in if I get too carried away because I'm always stuck to fly, uh, to be back flying in the air. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes... Uh, if you do get overzealous, I've I've definitely thrown a helicopter in the ground once or twice uh, that way. Uh, and then talk about bare metal fabrication. One day ago, left a great episode. Wish I had a dollar for every time I heard the word like, because like it's like really bad. Like you guys like to say like a lot, <laughs> but I'm gonna like this episode. <laughs> 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 Thanks, bare metal fabrication. Awesome. All right. 
Nice. All right. And that's it for Poppy and comments. Uh, do we have any iTunes reviews? I forgot to look. Damn it, Damn it Andy. Dude, I started iTunes like 20 minutes ago. It's just coming up now. I thought you built a new computer. You have a phone, right? You know, you can just like <laughs> pull it right up. No, I don't see anything new. Oh, am I going to call iTunes? No. Why, yeah, why would I need a podcast app? I don't have a podcast app. I have a flip phone. No, it's uh, it's a Razor. Shut up. I Jitter just bug. got it. I thought it was a jitterbug. <laughs> no, that was it's Steve Shaw's phone. He's got the jitterbug. Nokia. All right. We've probably bored Dan enough. Dan, I want to get you. Actually, speaking of iTunes, I don't know how this happened, but RCHN B2 is on iTunes. I don't know if someone. Dude, man, Larry. Yeah. Who did that? Dude, man, Larry. Larry, is that uh, who did that? What's his name? Yeah, he uh, he put them all on iTunes um, oh. like a year ago. Yeah. Oh. I, I think it was when the website finally crashed. There's a couple uh, miss, and yeah. the, they're mostly yeah. there. Yeah, somebody stagged uh, the RCH or the RCHellynation dot com and offered to sell it to me for eight thousand dollars. <laughs> what? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think that. I need it that bad. Yeah. So yeah, look look that up on iTunes and mm-hmm. uh, listen to old episodes. They're still. Great. I had no idea it was on iTunes. Yeah. I know it used to be, but then when know, the people beat, are listening to it now, they're giving a re-listen. Mm-hmm. No. I have a bunch of episodes I saved because at one point when I used to downloading them, yeah, download them and then move them to like either my, my not my phone, what was that? my iPod back in the day, <laughs> I would copy them over. Yeah, <laughs> was that thing the iPod? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you yeah want- so I have a bunch of these. I have a bunch of that. The all things that fly episodes. Like I have a shit ton of. Of like older episodes of different podcasts. All right. Do you want to give you a huge shout out for coming on the show? Do you do you want to give any contact information? I guess I mean kind of gave your email before, but um. Yeah, give it again. Yeah. Mine. Yes. Yeah, folks want to contact you, kind of. Hey, I'm in your area. Let's go fly, right? Right. I have Uh, some synergy parts for you. Read it. MSN.com. Dan K. Reed at msn.com. Yep. All right. You remember the password for that? No. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> nice. I had to. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Password. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that's too funny. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. still that's still a thing, by the way. Yeah. The struggle is real. Yeah, struggles real. Dan, I tell you, it folded over into our show because I used to do that to these guys. I would forget yeah. it, forget the pod <laughs> being one and change it. Yeah. And... How do we like it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So drop us an iTunes re- review or read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash freefrc podcast. Check out our webpage, freefrc podcast.show. Say hi to Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Uh, let's see. Flight test forums, off the field, audio, video production of their flight test podcast, free Farsi podcast. Say hi to David Hill, a.k.a. Hill the Flyer. Hey, Dave. Hi, David Hill. Hi, Dave. All right. We got fellow podcasters. We got the Heliheads podcast. Yeah, Manny Moe and Jack. Mm-hmm. Maximum Collective podcast. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Greg, Greg, Gregor, Gregor. And Steve, yeah. yeah. Uh, Teleroder podcast. Oh my gosh, how many are there? Um, still going. <laughs> that's with um, 
Fred, Bobby, and Cindy? I don't know. Well, no, no. Telerotor is with Cliff and Rich, and Telemotor is with oh, Pablo right, right. And, <laughs> and Nick, uh, Monty, Monty, and, and Shaggy. And Shaggy, yeah. And I, I hear Lamont's going to be uh, making that episode too. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Skids up. Skids up is with yeah, Frank, Javier, and Paul, and they just released. I can't tell you how this information dropped into my lap. But mm-hmm. they have just released their episode with the one and only Steve Shaw from sunny no South way. Florida. No way. Yes. I gotta listen to that. Where they're wow. talking about the new Goblin 7570 that's coming out. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on that show. It just took that long. Uh-huh. Oh, I mean. Steve, that was three years ago. Steve still hasn't put it together. <laughs> that's the joke. Oh, God. Okay, inverted down under. They're done now. That's Ozzy Mozzy and Jeff. Houdini RC Heli podcast. My gosh, it's with Kenny, Sierra, and <laughs> and uh, right. Rich. Yeah. R- RC Roundtable. Yeah, and now we got a bunch of airplane ones. RC Roundtable. Fitzgerald Lee. RC After Hours. With Andre. Our Flyer Podcast. With two mics and a J. RC Plane Lab. Around time in the morning. And all things that fly. <laughs> with Lucian Miller and Moves. Yeah. All Moves. right. Don't forget to check out Bill Ann's YouTube channel. Bam! How could you forget? We remind you every week to not forget to check out. Yes. Fill in. And now he's got the, now he's, now if it couldn't get any worse, he's got the news channel. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, he also has a guitar channel too now. He has a guitar channel? Yeah. And a cooking and and an RC tank channel. Man. He's just taking over the internet. I know. Yeah, I know. YouTube's going to be him. He's going to own YouTube. I think Abe Lincoln said, we'll destroy ourselves from the inside with this country. And he also said, Bill Ann will destroy the internet by taking over YouTube with too many channels. Uh, I think you misquoted right. that. As long as he's not doing try on hauls, uh, I'm still on YouTube. Okay. You better not start right. that channel. All right. For all the listeners that are still here with us, thank you. We are Skies, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me on, guys. I outside the window mm-hmm. is that what did you hear that i heard something i might have to close my window yeah i live right well really close to a small mm-hmm. municipal they do a lot of helicopter lessons and plane lessons out there so there's a lot of pattern flying nice i thought i heard a toilet <laughs> i like a toilet to me <laughs> that was just a yin. Okay, let me start the Skype record. FYI, yeah. I'm starting to swipe, swipe the Skype record. I'm gonna go uh, grab me a beer. How's my levels, Sandy? What's up? How's my levels? Testing one, two, three. Do I sound okay? I am coming mm-hmm. up a little yeah, negative you, 15 on my okay. board. Yeah, you're, you're good over here. All right, cool. How about me? How do I sound?
like shit. Perfect, Kevin. Absolutely oh, perfect. Perfect, perfect I like shit. It. Like perfect shit. That's perfect shit. <laughs> How do I sound? Oh god. Like Get shit. that gerbil out, you might sound okay. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't know if Dan knows about that. Oh yeah, Dan. Any, anytime Ian says something stupid, I just hit this button. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. With <laughs> <laughs> oh, <good> love. <laughs> but Andy doesn't get too out of control. He's very in control of that soundboard. There's a lot of restraint. Yeah. First change than I do. It's too much and it's annoying. Yeah, it's just got to sprinkle it in very, very sparsely. <laughs>